welcome to episode 115 of Flight Football and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? I am better than most, but not as good as some. How are you, Mike? Uh, getting my land legs back. Yeah. Uh, more on that to come later, but yeah, a little bit tired, you know, six hours one way, six hours back, basically up 24 straight hours, but again, hey, we're here. As the saying goes, you know, better late than never. We, Dave and I, would like to apologize to our loyal listeners who are creatures of habit and religiously listen to us on Sunday night. Pastor Julie, sorry that hopefully you did eventually get some sleep as you, you look forward to Dave and I putting you to sleep on Sunday nights. <laughs> um, and then we have a pretty decent contingent of Monday morning listeners who on their drive during work or commute to work right. will listen to us. So we apologize for that. But hey. Um, Life happens, folks. We, I don't think you can do a pod in airplane mode. So that's where that's where I was Sunday uh, coming home from my vacation, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But you, um, you jet setter, you. Oh yeah, yeah, you know the pod's out of money though, so we we really got <laughs> we really got to boost up some sponsorships because I bled us dry this past week, Dave. Um, but yeah. yeah, remember the contest, ladies and gentlemen. You have till Saturday the fifth or whatever this Saturday's date is. If it's a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever Saturday's date is, you have to that, and we will pick the four winners to our contest that was announced in episode 114 uh, at Twitter, at epodffa, email the pod at ffaepod at gmail.com, uh, Dave's Facebook page, my Facebook page. We're going to put something up on the flight football and anything else because Dave and I, I think after two years, uh, probably one and a quarter years doing the Facebook shit, finally figured it out. The listeners can respond to stuff we post, but you can't necessarily send us anything directly other than Facebook Messenger, yeah. which would actually work as well. So what we're going to do is, you know, remember the contest, put a post out there, and then you can send your random question, your antidote, your weird, bizarre, goofy story that you want Dave and I to cover off on, um, a joke. So far, we have two entries to the contest, another week to go on that. So be sure to do that. And as I got back on this side of the pond, as the kids like to say, I went, <laughs> I went to try to get caught up on some of my podcasts, which and all of them are coming up with new episodes this week. So I've got to make a decision, Dave. My OCD, do I stay behind for weeks? Or do I just say, you know what? Last week, I was out of the country. I got to start fresh this week and move on. Start fresh. All right. Well, anyway... Uh, the JRV, the Jesselneck Rosenthal Vanity Project, JRVP, Junior Vice President. I got on there, and then all of a sudden, the homepage of the pod, it, it shows following because I follow that podcast, so I get alerted every time they do. Oh, right. sorry, listeners, that was my phone that I forgot to put on vibrate. A little rusty, six hour time difference, remember? Um, <laughs> and so I'm following, and then right below it, I see star rating. And uh, JRVP had like 486, they have a 4.9 rating, uh, one through five stars. Yeah. And the only 486 ratings. So and I know for a fact they have more than 486 listeners. Hell, we almost have 486 listeners. So I'm like, geez, I wonder if that's just for big shots or if little guys like flights, football, and anything else and spilling the nachos get that same preferential treatment. So lo and behold, I went to our pod first, 
no rating. Well, I said, well, I clicked it. Well, naturally. I mean, I think we're a 10-star rating, don't you? Right, 10 out of 5, yeah, for sure. You know, but you can only rate 1 through 5. So, you know, I was the first to give our pot a 5-star rating. Went, a, went over to our fine friends at Spilling the Nachos, like us, being a smaller pot, you know, trying, you know, sowing our oats, you know, absor absorbing the pain and punishment of the trenches. They didn't have a rating either. So I said, you know what? I clicked rating. Hey, be the first to rate this podcast, blah, 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 blah. You know, I gave our friends Tommy and Nate Dog a five-star rating on Spotify. So any listeners out there, if you listen on Spotify, it's just under our logo. You should be following us. And just under the following, you will see that's the one. Yeah, you got to go to the main page, Dave. Because um, that was just the episode page. That one right, right there, down there. That one right there. Now, if you go to the home page of that, because that's the pods. Oh, there it is. Yep, go back. Look. Um, anyway, I was yeah. Dave finding it. So, yeah. So, go to our, if you listen on Spotify, go give us, hey, be honest. If, if we're if we're two-star, give us a two-star. You know, because I'm thinking Spotify will go by the, the, the ratings. If 777,000 people rate us, I think the 777,000 ratings is actually more valuable than whether it's a one or a five. If people are on there rating it. Right. So, hey, if, if, we, if we suck, put a one star on there. I mean, I would like to think we're 10 star out of five, but go ahead and give us a rating. And... Uh, same, yeah, Jeff Laporte. I know you're uh, Brian Barrett from, you know, I know you're cross listeners. Go on uh, Spilling the Nachos. Give them a rating as well. Um, speaking of Spilling the Nachos, the D-O-double-G, he's, uh, he's, he's back in the form. He's getting it back and running. Yeah. So good, good, his, good, health good, is, good. his health is, unless he took a turn for a worse when I was in Rome, which I hope that's not the case. But when right. I left for Rome, he was doing fine. He's got a ski trip planned this weekend. Which apparently all he does is drink. Because I said, since when you were a skier, he's ah, I've skied in years, but I go up and drink. So, <laughs> yeah, the two of them don't mix very well. No, that's what I told him. Yeah, he could do a Sunny Bono. Especially that's what I told him. I said, well, I said, well, with skiing with double vision, I guess what are you just going to do? Pick which one tree you want to miss. He said, well, I don't ski. So um, anyway, yeah, go on Spotify, and judging by the um, anchor. Analytics. The majority yeah. of our listeners do listen to on Spotify. Yeah, correct. Um, so yeah, give it like I say a rating, preferably a five star. But be honest, I think it's the ratings that would drum up the advertising. Because if we get a million ratings, I, I guarantee you, because an advertiser is going to say, "Well, God, these guys have a million listeners." Yeah. So yeah, well, let's, let's reach, yeah, let's reach out to them. So it's the rating itself that matters, not necessarily what you rate it. So get on there and rate us whatever you think. And sure. If you don't think we're a five star, fuck you. You'll be on, <laughs> you'll, you'll be on my fuck you. Um, but so hey, gonna, Dave, I, I've yeah. been doing most of the talking here, and I'm going to take a little sip of my uh, Norm's Raggedy Ass IPA that Jeff Laporte dropped off during the summer. Still good, by the way, even though it was months ago. Nice, yeah, nice. So tell uh, us what, what so, that we so have we're going to segue here into an interview with Ben Coughlin. Now, Ben Coughlin is the uh, cider expert uh, at Bain's Apple Valley. Uh, he also has started a, a, a side company called MI Cider, uh, which you can go to his website, MI Cider, and it, it's pretty cool what this kid is doing. And I say he's a kid because, you know, I'm 51, he's 23, I think that qualifies him as a kid. 
but he's doing some amazing things over there at Baines, uh, and you know his, his parents as well. Uh, they've kind of, like he says in the interview, he's kind of turned that whole thing on its head. Um, it's a really fun. I love going to Baines. Um, and, uh, well, you know what? Let's just turn it over to, to Ben and you and I in the interview. All right, sounds good. And before we get to the interview, one last thing. I'm going to give a preemptive correction at the corner because I think Ben refers to himself as a Gen Xer. Okay. And Gen Xer does not apply to 23-year-olds. I believe he's actually a Gen Zer is what they call someone in his grade age gotcha. group. So, Ben, hopefully you listen to the podcast. You, uh, Dave said he would reach out to you when we did air it. So you, a segment of our pod is Corrections Corner, and you are, in fact, a Gen Z or not a Gen Xer. So <laughs> anyway, without further ado, let's send it over to Ben from Baines. All right, well, we're here with Ben Coughlin at Baines Apple Valley. Apple Valley. But Ben's going to kind of explain the different facets of, uh, of what's going on here at Baines. Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ben Coughlin. I'm a 23-year-old. Uh, Michigan State graduate uh, from Saginaw, Michigan, where uh, Baines is currently located in Freeland, in between Saginaw and Midland, for those of you that are possibly in the state of Michigan. Um, and we have a couple different facets here. So Baines started as an apple orchard back in 19, oh gosh, 51, 52. Uh, my family took over four years ago. Uh, it used to be the run-of-the-mill apple orchard with you know cider, caramel apples, donuts, pies. We've kind of taken that and flipped it on its head a little bit. Uh, I run our tap house, um, so I have, I have 19 draft taps, uh, about 120 different can options, about 75 different uh, wine options, all from the state of Michigan. Uh, so that's kind of my specialty is, okay, hey, uh, all the connections in the state when it comes to beer, wine, cider, mead, liquor, uh, I, I serve it all. And then uh, obviously we still have the cores, like the caramel apples, the donuts, the pies. Um, and then even on top of that, uh, we do like high-end gifts, uh, like the Cherry Republic brand, uh, the Stormy Cromer brand, uh, the M22 clothing brand. So if you're in the area, please come stop by, visit us. Uh, we have a lot of fun here. We'd love to show you around. And then my company is called MI Cider. And what we specialize in is um, the, running the supply chain for some of Michigan's best hard cider companies, um, including Bee Nectar out of Ferndale, uh, Be Well out of Bel Air, Tandem Ciders. Oh, just out heard of, about those guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bee Nectar was here the other day uh, for a tap takeover. We had a lot of fun. Um, Be Well is in a new production facility now. And then uh, my biggest one is Tandem Ciders. Uh-huh. Uh, and Tandem Ciders out of Sutton's Bay. Yeah. So, um, and then what I, so how I got started in this industry is uh, I was originally in dental school at Michigan State. Um, and then my parents kind of bought this place. and Go know, green, by the way. Absolutely. They, are not, are not playing basketball as well as I hoped they'd be this year, but that's okay. Um, but uh, started in dental school, actually had a practice lined up um, for me to take over once I was out of dental school. Um, and the doctor that I was supposed to take over for actually comes in here all the time, and he's not, he's, uh, we get along, but I think he want, <laughs> wanted to be retired by now. Right. Um, but jumped into this kind of out of the blue. Um, once my parents said they eventually wanted to get a liquor license, I kind of dove into that a little bit. Um, when I was in dental school, I, I took up computer science as well. And what I ended up doing for Tandem Ciders, uh, who's this hard cider company north of Traverse City, Michigan, um, is uh, I wrote an algorithm for them that's got about 48 different sub-algorithms in that one algorithm together that gets their state and federal taxes done. And what I mean by that is the state, especially the state of Michigan, has very complicated, extraneous uh, tax forms. And what they do is they upload a document to this software. Um, the, the guy that I used to work for, his name is JP, hits a button, and it's done in about one minute. 
um, instead of him taking hours and hours and hours to do so. Well, you might, based on what you just said, for those of our listeners that understand, you know, what's going on with that, you might get a lot of calls. To like, <laughs> yeah, trust me. Um, <laughs> How busy are you with CIDR? Can you do my taxes? Right, can you do my taxes for me? Um, my, my program took about three months to develop and a lot of testing. Uh, worked with two professors at Michigan State University to get it done. Um, JP still uses it to my knowledge mm-hmm. uh, and really actually enjoys it. Um, so kind of what happens is what, with every state, um, Michigan in particular, they make you list out, okay, hey, who did you sell these cakes to? Who did you sell these cases to? Who did you sell these bottles to? And my algorithm kind of goes through, sorts it all, um, classifies the tax classes, because if it's under uh, you know 7%, it's one class. If it's in between 7 and 14, it's another class. And if it's above 14% alcohol, you get into the highest class. So that's what my algorithm does is sorts everything, puts it where it's supposed to go. The only thing it doesn't do is submit the forms to the right. state. Right. That'd be pretty cool. But um, So yeah, that's my background. Um, only 23, a lot of people in the, this area and in the state of Michigan are super happy that I'm passionate about this stuff because there's not really, I'm not trying to call myself a trailblazer, but there's not a lot of trailblazers in my in this industry that are young enough. It's kind of an you know, uh, older gentleman's club, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, Sure, like Dave and I. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, people who have retired but have a passion for this stuff. So it could a lot of people consider it their retirement job. Um, a lot, there's some that are not. You know, Rake right. Beer Project out over Muskegon. Josh is only probably 32, 33. He's a young entrepreneur in this industry. Um, the only other guy that I know that's around my age is the owner of Ascension Brewing Company on Novi. He's 24. Um, so as I said, right. most of the people in this industry are. It's their retirement gig, but a lot of people... As I said, just like what I'm doing because right. it's new, it's trendy, it's interesting, and I'm trying to keep it fresh. Yeah. So good, good. So the I had a qu- question that was been driving me when I found out we were going to come here and interview you. So you said your family took over four years ago. So four years ago, 17, 18. Yep. So you, your family had nothing to do with because before, and I, I was wondering what was going on. I'd be up and down 47 here, and wow, that place is packed. Wow, that place. And I always remember it, it was always like. It would open like August 2nd, and then like 37 minutes later, see you next year. Right. Because I mean, there were, so that wasn't your family, that was a previous owner. That owners. was the that, previous well, owners, yep. We, we kind of, uh, you know, I said earlier, tried to take this business model and flip it on its head a little bit. The average orchard model is open two to three months out of the year. Yeah, early. I think it was like August through maybe like just after Halloween. Yeah, just after yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Um, they're all the average orchards, especially around here, their model is grow the apples, grow the pumpkins, sell it and be done as soon as you can uh, because farming is so, is so taxing and tolling. Um, you know, the positive thing that we have here is even though we have apple trees, we don't farm them. Right. Um, we have, what, 57, 58 trees on site, uh, but because of the floods that happened, the natural disasters that happened in 2020, uh, we can't farm our trees. So we, we, we've kind of focused our efforts into other places. Uh, so the alcohol, we, we secured our liquor license in the summer of 2020. Um, right in the middle of COVID when, every, when everyone was still drinking a fair amount. Um, that fall, our, our first season, I was open August 15th or 16th until Christmas. We served just under 10,000 people um, in that you know three and a half, four month span. I think that's extremely impressive um, yes. for us to be able to do that. I mean, granted, our data was a little skewed because we were the only bar, I mean, we don't consider ourselves a bar, but we were the only place open to go drink because all the bars were closed, a lot right. of the restaurants were closed. We run as an agricultural facility, so we could have been, we were open. Right. Um, so, I mean, I would have lines that snaked out the door. And at that point, I was only serving hard ciders. I started with 10 taps. Uh, and then that following January, 
Uh, I asked my parents for six more taps, then I went to 16, started doing craft beer, and then I now have 19 um, as of you know as of 2022 uh, February, and I'm getting six more, uh, eight more, eight more draft taps installed by Walleye Fest in April. Nice. So uh, it's continued to grow. I'm on my fourth bar right now. So we started with something super tiny, and now I'm on my fourth bar. And that bar weighs probably about 2,000 pounds and is one of a kind. Um, it's made from wood from my mom and dad's or my mom's um, grandparents' farm up in the smallest town in Michigan called Omer. That burnt the barn burned down in yep. 1986. Um, we went up there, picked up all the wood, brought it back, and built the bar. So um, you know what I try to focus on here is not your average tap house. Uh, I don't serve, and not, nothing against these companies at all, but I don't serve founders, I don't sell, serve bells, I don't serve shorts, because you can go to any other place right. around here and find those products. Um, so looking at the beer side of things for you beer drinkers out there, I'm serving some of the smallest breweries, some of the higher end, high class breweries from the state of Michigan. Right. For example, Speciation uh, Artisan Ales out of Grand Rapids, or Brewery 424 out of Holland, um, Ascension Brewing Company out of Novi, Rake Beer Project out of Muskegon. Uh, I have some amazing people that I get to work with. One of my kind of things that I like to hang my hat on is uh, selling a company here called Arvon out of Grand Rapids. They're probably the top brewery in Michigan other than maybe Holmes out of Ann Arbor. Um, Arvon, I'm the only person in this area that Arvon sells its cans to. So when people come in and see my can list, they, their mouths kind of drop sometimes because I, f I have stuff you can't just find at your normal uh, liquor store. So I like to hang my hat on that. Um, on the cider side of things, I do have six hard ciders of my own that we craft uh, down in Lake Orion uh, using the cider that we press here. And what I'm trying to do with that side of things is I'm trying to be new, I'm trying to be interesting. And what I mean by that is uh, two weeks ago I was in Richmond, Virginia at the National Hard Cider Convention. And I probably sampled two to 300 different ciders. Most of them tasted relatively similar. And did you walk out the door under your own? It was, I need a stretcher some, uh, one of the days, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but a lot of the ciders tend to blend together after you know, a long period of time, other than to possibly a trained mouth like me. I mean, I can pick out different apples, I can pick out different tasting notes, but to the average person, they cannot. Right. So what I'm trying to do with my ciders is um, Kind of model them after the trend in the beer industry right now is fruited sours, and we all know that the fruited sours from like four five four yep. five zero out of Columbus, Ohio, or Holmes, um, Ascension, uh, Arvon. Fruited sours are huge right now. Fruited sours and IPA. So I'm crafting my ciders out of um, after fruited sours, extremely heavily fruited. The two two on draft I have right now, I have a mango, raspberry, lime cider. And then I have a strawberry, kiwi, grapefruit cider on draft right now. So most of my ciders have three to four fruits in them uh, just because I want people to pick up on different tasting notes, not just the apple, right? So that's kind of where we even use a different type of yeast strain um, called Philly Sour that a lot of these sour beers are using in their beers. Uh, so my, my ciders, for those of you that possibly would come here after hearing about us, um, my cider is going to be like some you've never had before. So... That, I mean, that sounds really interesting. And I know with the sours, we've had some on the pod here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like some of them are just so different or so... I, I just, from a standpoint of like the IPAs and you go back five years and I haven't finished a sentence yet. And I know that I'm getting there. I'm getting my thought together <laughs> on, this, on this. But, you know, I think... Some of the porters and some of the some of the stouts, 
you know, they're starting to come into their own and people are, and the brewers are starting to figure out, okay, what do people like in the taste? And what do people, you know, they're starting to hone it. Where is it with the ciders like what you're talking about where, I mean, I've had a couple, let's say a year ago, uh, yes. 18 months ago, where it was just like, whoa, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's what they really were shooting for, but uh, I don't know. You tell me because it's, it's, where is it in line with, you know, when, when, this, when the sour started mm -hmm. and where are we, I guess, in the spectrum? Is it still a new thing or is it starting to really get to be a mature thing where everybody's got it honed to where most of the people really enjoy? Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to let you answer that, Ben, because I really don't know what he asked. Yeah, yeah no, I, 100%. <laughs> I, I do understand your question. Um, you know, to your point about the beer industry, it's really the beer has been over the last 10 years or so really coming into its own where you have these small brewers that really, really know their stuff. Uh, in the past couple of years, we've seen people start to use different types of hops. You know, there's a new hop out of New Zealand right now called Galaxy. Uh, I think that's out of New Zealand. Um, and people are really trying to use new hop exp uh, experimentals, uh, use different types of fruits. Now a lot of people uh, in the beer industry are using like lactose, uh, milk, yep. sugars. Um, people are really coming to their own. And I think that the beer industry has a lot more to, you know, has much more to show for it than what it did 10 years ago. The cider industry has even more to show for that. And what I mean is the cider industry is so new. It's so so small and so new compared to the beer industry. I mean, some of the bigger companies like Blake's, Blake's Hard Cider out of uh, Armada, Michigan, one of the biggest in the country, they've only been around, what, seven, eight years? And these other breweries like Shorts, Bells, Founders, have been around for so, so much longer. Um, and you see uh, Blake's on basically every store shelf in America yeah. at this point. Um, we, ha we have a long way to go. And I think the reason for that is, um, you know, the beer industry is so heavily populated with uh, – I don't want to say lower on products, but cheaper products. The thing that a lot of people see with like cider, it's expensive. I mean, you're going and you're looking at like, even for big box stores, you're looking at $13, $14 for a six pack where you could spend much less money to get even more product, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so that's yeah. one of the reasons. Um, another reason that I like to attribute to the cider industry, a lot of people think it's beer. A lot of people think cider is beer. And that is something that what I'm trying to do here is show people away from that. For, I mean, for those of you that don't know, cider is wine, but instead of grapes, they use apples. And that's kind of like layman's terms. If I can explain it in one sentence, that's what cider is. Sure. Um, people come in and they're like, I don't want to drink a cider. I don't want to drink a beer. Um, do you have wine? And I'm like, well, I have 10 wines on draft right here. Um, so that's kind of another hill that we're trying to get over is cider is wine. Um, where the positive in the cider industry, cider is, um, it's new, it's trendy because it's gluten-free. It's relatively low sugar if you drink the correct ciders. Uh, like my ciders don't have any type of additives in it other than the fruit juice and the fruit sugars. Uh, we don't use any added sugars like beet sugar, cane sugar, which is that's what's really bad for you, right? Um, so ciders can necessarily be healthier for you. They can be gluten-free. A lot of them are low carb. Um, a lot of them are much easier to drink. They don't sit in your stomach, at least for me, um, because when you, when you drink beer, a lot of beer has stuff called um, unfermentable sugars. And these unfermentable sugars can sit in your stomach and really make you feel some type of way. A lot of people like to call it hungover. Um, when I drink my ciders and what I've noticed with a lot of other people drinking cider, it doesn't really make you hungover as much as it would with beer um, because the beer kind of just sits there. You hear these things like uh, every time you drink a Bud Light, it's how many loaves of bread, all these carbs, right? When you drink cider, that doesn't necessarily happen. Right. Um, it's just 
juice. It's just fruit juice with added yeast. That's what I think the cider industry has going for it. It's healthier, it's gluten-free, uh, and the gluten-free industry is getting so much bigger these days. So much bigger. Um, we have, you know, us at Baines in particular, we've introduced new gluten-free desserts, uh, yeah. vegan desserts, and it's just exploded because a lot of people are being a lot more health conscious. And I think that's where cider can come into play. Um, if you drink a bone dry cider, there's no sugar. So you're not dealing with the sugar. You're not dealing with these things that are gonna make you feel icky in the morning, disgusting the next day. Um, I think that's a, a lot of, you know, a, many reasons why I think the cider industry has a long way to go is learning, word of mouth. Uh, you don't see a lot of marketing when it comes to the cider side of things these days. You drive up and down I-75 and you can see uh, billboards for breweries and like get off at this exit to go see all these breweries. You don't see that for cider companies. Right. You don't, you know, there's a cider company down in Flint and when I tell people about it at my bar, they're like, there is? No one, no one, no one hears of these small places. Um, so the more people learn about word of mouth, the more that the cider industry markets, it will continue to grow. Um, there's a new, one of the, a cider company up in Sutton's Bay, uh, 2K Farms, just actually won the best cider company in the nation. And that's a big deal. In the nation? In the nation. Oh. Yep. And I, I, more people need to know about it. More people need to know about that stuff. Sure. Why, <laughs> why when you go to Traverse City, and I'm going to kind of go against what I said earlier, everyone likes to go wine tasting. Right? Everyone goes to Traverse City to go wine tasting, they go up Old Mission Peninsula, they go to all these wineries. But no one does cider tastings. No one has a direct company to go to all these, you know, in, in the Sutton's Bay, Leland, Traverse City area, there's what, 12, 13 different hard cider companies that are devoted strictly to making cider. Why isn't there a company that goes around and does that kind of stuff instead of going to the wineries? Right. I think this industry is about learning and we, we do have a long way to go on that side of things. Here's so. what I think you have. Do you have anything? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, w I wanted a quick question, and it was something you said a little bit ago. So now you don't you don't actually make your cider here, it, right? You send, but it's ingredients from here that you said you well. Send so to Lake we get our we get our apples from a little place called Belding, um, which is over near the Grand Rapids area. Um, recent place of Gus Macker, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. um, and we, I can't make anything on site, first of all, because it's extremely expensive. Um, I would love to eventually have my own facility, but if I were to actually make in this building itself, I could only serve my products on draft. And if you look at my draft right, okay. list, right, there's, I work with so many other people, I would never do that. I would never put myself in that pigeonholed corner to only ever serve my products on draft. I can't keep up with having 19 different ciders, right? Um, so that's why we outsource to Lake Orion. Um, the guy I work with him is Paul. Paul started a company called Bee Nectar. Uh, he's one of the most decorate, one of the highest decorated mead and cider makers in the world. Really knows his stuff. Um, I trust him with my life, and so we give we press the juice on site here with our uh, with our cider press. We take him down in 250 gallon uh, PVC totes, drop it off to him. We add the Philly sour yeast, we add the fruit, uh, we keg it. Once it's all done, we bring it back up here. Okay. And um, I would once I I mean if I were to have a million dollars somehow yeah. pop up show up yeah. never, um, I would love to put a building on site because there is an there is a I don't want to call it a nostalgic feeling there is like a an amazing feeling to walk in when you walk into like a brewery and you see these huge tanks and yeah. it, it, you kind of get taken over right you get take I I was at a place in uh, in Richmond Virginia two weeks ago called Hardywood Cider. Um, Hardywood Brewery, but then they have cider as well. But they had 15, I mean, 40-foot tanks, yeah, yeah. 35 Right, tanks. right. When you go into a, a regional brewery or something Absolutely. bigger, yeah, yeah, and it's, exactly. It, you get, it's exactly. almost awestruck, right? You get right. awestruck. Um, 
One of the things we've kind of experienced here, we're actually thinking about sealing off, and it's more than likely going to happen. We're thinking about sealing off our actual cider mill for pe for little kids coming in to watch because kids do not come in and watch anymore. Um, they're so, at least the way we, we look at it, my mom, dad, and I, they're so sucked up into other things. They're so uninterested in learning about that kind of stuff right. that we might seal that up. But if I were to open up a building on the other side of our property and put huge fermenters in there, huge tanks, that can that draws the eye of a lot of you know older people that aren't right. kids anymore. Right. Um, and I think that that has a draw. You go, some people go to breweries to look at that kind of stuff. Um, another thing we're trying to get over right now is a lot of people still don't realize we have a tap house. A lot of people still just think that we're the normal pie, caramel apple, donut sort of deal. Where we have, now we have so much more. And so if we were to put a building outside that said cidery on the side, would that attract more people? That's it. So it's a marketing ploy as well as a learning ploy. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. So I think once more people find that out, because I mean I've been here, I've been here in the cold weather, weather. I've been here in the warm weather, especially in the warm weather. Um, I think you're gonna have to expand your deck once people because yeah. the deck is especially fall, spring. You know, in, in in the nice cool nights in the summer as well. Right. I mean, you get the fires going out out oh, yeah. here, and you're overlooking, you know, the woods mm -hmm. and the and and it's a great spot. It's it's serene. It's kind of tranquil. Um, I I think this place is going to blow up even bigger at some point. I hope so, and I I do agree with you. I we we have a lot of people saying that they have our backs, and this the Freeland community is so giving, and Freeland is continuing to grow, and we couldn't be happier with the state that we're in right now. Uh, Freeland is Freeland is so supportive of us and the events that we've done and they have our back and I would love to see our deck eventually grow right now we're working on getting a new kitchen and putting in a new parking lot um, but this place was so dilapidated before we we took over um, it, it needed a facelift for sure I think that in the next five to ten years uh, we will have to continue to adapt I think we're still kind of in the middle of COVID so there's still not the most going on, right. but as stuff continues to open back up, uh, we'll have to continue to adapt and figure out what's next. Um, we're, we're, I think my mom, dad, and I are really keen on, okay, hey, this is a situation we're in. Um, in the next couple years, we're gonna have to change, we're gonna have to adapt. Um, like in the next coming years, we're thinking about doing, uh, having a full service dinner menu as opposed to just like the appetizers that we have right now. Uh, we're thinking about doing many more events. Like one of the, one of the things that I'm really keen on is we never used to have higher end events, um, higher end drinking events, I should say. And last year and this year, I've kind of introduced that. This year, we had two hard cider festivals. Each brought about 400 people in. Um, and I invited some of my best friends in the industry to come and serve their products. Uh, not, not this week, but the following week, we have a whiskey company coming from Traverse City to come and sample all of their products to about 100 different people. Um, so that's a ticketed event. Um, you hear that, Mike? Mike Klein. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew who you were talking about. I was gonna say, we were we were on uh, Mike Klein Destination Bourbon. He does a YouTube podcast, okay, um, live um, show, and uh, we were on his show. He was on our show, and so Mike, um, you know, his day job. I don't know how much of it he does anymore. Uh, is sales around the country, okay? And so he, you know, he kind of used that to springboard himself into the whiskey business and and form a network and sure um so in any event but uh he he might be interested in that yeah you know it's um mike if you're listening so there's a company called mammoth distillery out of traverse city 
absolutely amazing products. Um, they are coming down to serve four of their high-end whiskeys to 100 customers. We're doing a four-course dinner with that, uh, incorporating all of their whiskeys into each course, uh, which is really going to be interesting. Um, and then what they're doing is, let's say you really like this 10-year rye and this 13-year-old bourbon, they're encouraging you to try to mix them together. And then you're going to be able to bottle it and take home a bottle of specific whiskey to your tasting. You're going to be the only person in the world with that exact blend. Um, that's kind of, we, we want to make experiences. This place is all about experiences and hey, remember going to this event at Baines last week or um, we want people to remember this place, not only as a place that they love, but a place that they feel like home. We, you know, this event's gonna, this whiskey event's gonna take two and a half, three hours. We want people to feel comfortable. We want pe people to feel welcomed. And that's kind of our goal in the coming years is create and craft this experience for people to come and enjoy. And uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's a whole experience to come get drinks from yeah. the bar. It is, um, I can vouch for that, not to interrupt you. No, please. Uh, ben, but uh, uh, when, the, when did the kids graduate high school? So June or July, one of my son's buddies had his graduation party here. And the, you want the staff was amazing. I mean, they're not you know, no, they don't know any of the guests obviously, but you know, and they and the family that was here picked item A, B, C, whatever they had. And your staff, I, I'm sure, I'm assuming it was your staff. I don't think that it was family. Like you get at you know your garage where your aunt. Right, right. So, but I, I, yeah, they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that's our that's our staff. Yeah. Um, we we inherited a lot of staff from the old owners, um, and we couldn't be happier with the people that we've picked to stay. Um, my mom was in corporate America for years. Uh, my dad was uh, administrative nursing homes, and so they were both in higher level management positions uh, that dealt with a lot of people. My mom and dad have have crafted this place pretty perfectly, in my opinion, yeah. and I. I, I wasn't necessarily a part of the beginning of it because uh, I was at Michigan State, but now that I'm here full time, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, you know, all my friends are in corporate America, corporate level jobs, nothing against corporate America. Yeah. Um, you know, most of my friends are in Detroit or Chicago right. or wherever these places. <clears throat> I'm in Freeland, Michigan. Right. And that's, I, I couldn't be happier that I'm getting these opportunities and getting to meet these amazing people. and. Bring, people, bring smiles to people's faces. Uh, I have customers that come see me, you know, two, three times a week. Um, I, I had this past Saturday off and my dad called me probably six or seven times because these customers ask specifically for me and my dad had no idea how to handle it. Um, <laughs> my dad's like, my, we, we normally close at eight o'clock, but we, my dad kept this place open till 10 the other night and he's like, Ben, people just didn't want to leave. And I, I think that's something very special. Uh, when right. You, yeah. I for sure. I, people want to. You know, people don't want to leave a bar when they're drunk at two a.m. either. But you don't come here to get drunk. You come here to, as I said, have an experience, talk to people, meet people you've never met before, have foods you've never had before, drink beer you've never even heard of before. Something um, new. Something. Something some, new. Yep. And that's that's what I, I think we're we're super good at. Mm -hmm. um, that's all. Being in Freeland, Michigan, can also be, you know, can also be a negative because. We're not in Traverse City, we're not in Detroit, we're not in Grand Rapids, we're not in Lansing, we're not in Holland, we're not in these bigger tourist towns. Um, so that's another hill we're trying to get over right now is how do we attract more tourists from places that aren't too far away? Um, you know, a lot of people in Bay City, only about a 30 minute drive, still don't know we exist. Um, if you were to go north into like the Standish area, all it is is farmland. Um, 
a lot of people in Midland, you have a ton of like Dow people that come here, but how do we even reach, how do we even reach more people? Right. We're not, it's not like we're a population Mecca. We, right. we, we're working with very limited resources here on the people side of things. Um, so God only knows what would, what would happen if we were eventually take, to take this and move it to Grand Rapids, to move this to Traverse City. That's kind of my goal in the next five years. You know is, all the people in Freeland and in the surrounding area here, Shields and oh, absolutely. just went, <gasps> right. what? Right. We're, this will never, we're, we're staying here, but we want to uh, we want to copy and paste this and I got you. Um, move Fran- it to Traverse well, City. Well, not necessarily a franchise, but that's the first word that popped into my yeah, head. Yeah, you know, fran- franchises, copy and paste, I guess was a bad term to use because we want to put... It's each Baines we decide to open. If we ever open another one, um, Traverse City would probably be our first spot. Uh, sure. We want it to have its own unique spin. Mm-hmm. Um, I already have all the relationships when it comes to the alcohol side of things, so I could really copy and paste my tap list to go up there. Um, that we would probably copy and paste our product line as well because people we support what over fifty different small Michigan businesses, um, and we want to do that exact. We want to do that exact same thing up there. But we would find it our own special piece of land, hopefully with a view, um, put its own spin on it. You sure, know, it's, sure. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to say this, but it might not even need its own spin because the people up there have never been down here, and the odds of that happening are very slim to none. The people in Grand Rapids that go to Traverse City will never come to Freeland. We're 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 in such a remote part of the state that it makes it complicated for us to see new customers. And that's that's what right. we're trying to accomplish. So the, the people that you would get would be the ones coming up from Ohio or part of Indiana that are going to Traverse City. I would to like to say yes because what they're going to do is they're going to come up seventy five, right, and then they're going to cut over one hundred percent and go up one fifteen towards that neck of the woods. Correct. And so, My, you know, I would like to say that'll happen, but um, I would love to do some type of like survey on this but most people that are traveling from down there um like one of our neighbors up at our cottage uh lives in maryland and whenever they drive to the cottage they take 75 to 10 sure they, they never they don't get off on our road um but they would once they find once they place. find out about this place yeah. hopefully uh, yeah. another thing we're battling right now is we are only open the middle of august until the end of december and then some week you know uh, some weekends in january february and march uh but like april may june july when people are going up north we're not open Right. So that's kind of the, the double-edged sword. Okay, hey, uh, even though we want more people to find out about this place, we're not open when most people would be finding out about it. Right. Because not a lot of people from like the down the southern states or the states outside of Michigan go up to Traverse City in the it's fall time. Usually they stay pretty localized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of our dilemma is we're not in the best space when it comes to where to be located in the state of Michigan, but we've taken that and tried to play with it as best we could. So, All right, so the June thing, so in that time of the year when you're not open, yep. so you do... We'll do high-end people, events, uh, grand parties. There's okay. always yeah. events, I think. Always events. Um, uh, wedding receptions. Yep. yep, wedding receptions, baby showers, corporate events. You know, Dow does a lot of corporate events here because it's right up, right up the road. Um, we had a wedding here January 20th, and that was an absolute blast. We had, we had so much fun. They brought in about 100 people. Um, you know, they, we, they brought in a three-person live band. Um, my parents were out of town that day, but um, I, we were sending them pictures, and they just fell in love. We, we, we had an absolute blast. People, people have a lot of fun here, and people, I think the more fun they have, the more willing they are to come back. 
Oh, um, yeah, definitely. If the, you have a rotten time, it would be like, oh, I'm never going back right. there again. But, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, my, my generation, I don't even know what to call it, Gen Z, I guess, um, they like change a lot. What I mean by that is you'll see, like, over the last couple of years, axe throwing had its time. It kind of went down. Escape rooms had its time. It kind of went down. Um, we had a couple bowling alleys that got torn down just up the street from us because bowling is no longer a thing. Um, my, my generation is really trying to find something new and intriguing all the time. I think that's this place. I think that we're so new, so trendy, um, so different from everywhere else that that is playing right. only to our benefit. So... Now, to say, to continue on with that, though, however, like, for example, uh, Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. You have trivia right now? Trivia, uh, super small. Last, last week, we, you know, probably had about 70 to 75, 80 players. Um, it, when, when I say small, we're only open two and a half, three hours. Right. Um, I, I want to make it a little bit bigger eventually. Um, I will eventually start doing... Are you open tonight? Hi, we aren't. I hear that. Yeah. Where's Ace? Oh, she's somewhere else. Okay. This is what we're just. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Mark. How are you? How you doing? We're in a podcast. Oh, you are. Yeah. Good. No, no, you're in a podcast. Yeah. You you're in this yeah. Podcast. Um, tell Ace I say hi. Right. We'll be open uh, Thursday. Sounds cool. All right. All right. Bye, Mark. Right. Yes. He lives right up the street. Well, that's fantastic. That's exactly what you've basically been talking about. You know. It's um, you know, it, even on past the trivia nights, we want to start doing like euchre nights. Um, to even get more people in here because the more people we bring in here, the better. So sure. um, we started off with an IPA from uh, Oh, we did. Yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about that. Um, with uh, lactose and uh, orange peel and then Ma uh, Madagascar vanilla beans and uh, orange, con orange concentrate. And it almost tastes like the, I don't know if you guys remember, like the creamsicles yes, you guys had growing exactly up. exactly like that. Um, but not similar. over the top. No, That's the important not part. over the top, like punchy when it comes to right. like the orange side of things. Um, one thing I pride myself in here is I put a lot of research into like the beers that I bring in, uh, the breweries that I like to work with. Um, like I would only bring this in knowing that it's not going to punch you in the throat because um, I want everyone to like it. My mom, who really only drinks Captain and Coke, would go up and drink a pint of this if she had to. Um, the other one that you guys have sitting in front of you is a Imperial Stout uh, from Rake Brewing Company over in Muskegon um, that's aged on like uh, marshmallows, cacao nibs, graham cracker. I prefer my stouts uh, room temperature as opposed to cold, so that's why it's been sitting here for a little bit. Right. Uh, but once you try this, I mean, you'll it'll knock your socks off. I'm getting some really good notes off this, Mike. Is this the S'more Purgatory? Yes. Okay. Yes. S'more Purgatory? Purgatory, yeah. yep. Okay, from Rake Brewing. Rake Beer Project, yep. Uh, they're out of Muskegon. Great spot. They make some absolutely amazing beer. Um, Josh, Josh is a mastermind. Oh yeah, you're gonna get a you know you're gonna get a lot of chocolate right in the front. Even though it says it's a coffee stout, uh, you're gonna get a lot of chocolate right in the front and um, simmers down on like the marshmallow and the graham cracker on the back end. Uh, super tasty. Very tasty. Um, that com that comes in right under uh, nine and a half percent. A lot of the people that come here, it's tough for me to explain like, hey, you've had three, maybe let's get you some water right. because the things they're drinking are six, seven, eight, nine percent. Right. Um, right. And so that's that's the tough part is like, okay, I like I even have a I have a twenty six percent liqueur on draft right now. And people are like, well why do you only get a little bit of that? I'm like, because I want yeah. you to be able to drive home, you know. Um, but that's one of my favorites. So yeah, that, that, the, this is very good. If uh, you're in the uh, Muskegon area, go see Josh at Rake Brewing. He uh, he really knows what he's doing. So And that's what um 
Dave and I, the joke is, because when we started this pod, um, I was basically IPA, IPA, all day IPA, IPA, yep. IPA. Yep. And then I don't know, maybe 60 episodes of the pod, we do three a pod, 60 times three, 180. I might have been like, eh, they're starting to kind of taste the same like you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. So now actually, I've actually liked the porters and the stouts. And I've actually even been able to incorporate some bourbon barrel. If the bourbon is real heavy, I don't like it as much because I'm not really a bourbon drinker. Yeah, absolutely. As the appearance on Destination <laughs> Bourbon would attest to. These guys, Mike has had a $300 bottle of bourbon or whatever, okay. and he poured us each a little bit. And I, now, and I was like, oh, and I was like, you pay, I said, you paid $300 for that shit? And those two loved it. I mean, they're, and they're just they're <laughs> sipping it. Well, Do you remember? Mike, Mike wasn't, Mike wasn't uh, schooled or, or he wasn't, you know, on how to how enjoy, to enjoy it. it. Yes. I yes. thought we were just doing shots of Jack or something. Like, boom. <laughs> what was it? I, I, you know, right now, now that he's bringing this up, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to come up with the name of it. Okay. But, um, I wish I could. Right, right, right. It's, uh, you know, bourbon. A lot of people think bourbon's an acquired taste. I prefer bourbon to, like, rye, because uh, bourbon's normally sweeter than a spicier rye. Um, but you said it was a bourbon, not a rye? Yeah, it was a bourbon. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, $300, you would think it'd be relatively smooth. But they, you, Well, like I say, those two well, he's loved not, it. Not, I not, You're a jack guy, so yeah, let's... Not uh, being a, well, in that, in that vein, though, like this right here, I would think, you know, if... if uh, when, we, when we do stouts on the pod... And it's a coffee stout or coffee and chocolate, coffee, anything. If it says the word coffee in it, Mike wants to taste coffee. Yeah. And so for me, if I get a little bit of coffee taste, because I'm the coffee drinker that, you know, I have I have some coffee with my cream and sugar, so to speak. So right. very little coffee. Yeah. So um, but uh, but this one right here, I can just get it's more chocolate than coffee, but mm-hmm. I can just get a hint of coffee. But I wondered if Mike it was going to be one of those where you were kind of disappointed because there wasn't, I, it wasn't, there wasn't the coffee punch. I don't think. That, not that you would be yeah, disappointed. This one, this not one that you would say coffee, so I wouldn't be disappointed. Oh, I thought no. he, I thought yeah, ben it's, said it, it is was, classified as, oh, as a okay, coffee stout. Co- um, I was looking at in the ingredients, so yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it is classified as a coffee stout. Um, you know, to piggyback off of that, um, a lot of people. One of the you know back to the conversation we were having earlier with like the beer and or the cider and. Um, mead, I didn't mention that word earlier, mead, but mead is honey wine, uh, like what the Vikings used to drink. I serve a ton of mead here. Uh, so I can I classify cider and mead kind of under the same umbrella because it's honey wine and apple wine. Um, but a lot of, like, I have a mead over there, a honey wine that's uh, 16%, that's bourbon barrel aged, that flies off the shelves. Um, oh, wow. I, I'll get, I get about one keg a year. It comes from Bee Nectar down in Ferndale. I'll sell growlers for like $150. Um, it's almost like a high-end bottle of whiskey. So, like, the bourbon barrel age is, is hot and heavy right now. Um, the, right. A lot of people really do enjoy that bourbon flavor. And so if you're going to get a bourbon cider or bourbon beer or bourbon wine, um, it, it, it goes so well. Uh, I, I love the smokiness. I love the char flavor that the bourbon barrel age gives these drinks. Um, for a stout, in my opinion, I think you should... I mean, I love the bourbon barrel-aged stouts, uh, don't get me wrong, like bourbon barrel-aged Berserker from North Peak Brewing out of Traverse City is outstanding. But if I'm drinking a stout, I want it to be either more coffee or more chocolatey, not the char of the bourbon. Um, I don't know. If, you know. That, no, that totally makes sense because that's my I, – I don't mind – actually, I prefer the coffee chocolate taste, but I don't like it when they kind of overcook the malts and burn the malts right. a little bit. Yes, yes, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are making these stouts are 
in IPAs and stuff, at really adding some strange stuff. Like uh, I have a can over there from a, the guys over at Arvon Brewing Company. Um, it's a fruited sour, and they're adding marshmallows to it. Um, Rake Beer Project, who the stout is from, they just released a sour today that is conditioned on gummy worms, like actual gummy worms. These people are coming up with so many different unique things, um, and I, I, I really couldn't be prouder to be able to say I'm part of this industry because the people in this industry are super, um, they're super creative, they're super fun, they want to do something new, they don't want to make the exact same thing every day. Um, Josh over at Rake did a dum-dum sour, he threw a bunch of dum-dums into a, into a vat of a sour mix a couple weeks ago. Um, he did like one with peach rings. Um, so people are so open to trying new things. Right. Um, and I think that's the cider industry needs to be open to that as well. As I said earlier, with me going to Richmond and trying a bunch of ciders that tasted almost identical, uh, other than maybe the apples being a part of it, the, they need to, the cider industry needs to take risks with what I'm trying to do with adding different fruits. Um, we're try the Bain Cider Project is trying to stay new and trendy, uh, as close to the beer, you know, as close to the brewing side of things as we can, because the beer industry, and I don't know if you get you, you guys can attest to this, has shifted so much in the past five years, sure, three years, sure. It was never these IPAs. It was never these sours. It used to be, I, I, I don't know, even just ales and lagers. I guess you could call it, you know, the lighter stuff. And now it's and then it went to the ices. The, the, the butt ice, the oh the, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I mean, the seltzer game was here for a little bit, and now it's probably on its way back down, in my opinion, because everyone, because it got the market got oversaturated. Everyone sure. came out with one. Uh, the beer industry is shifting so constantly that people need to do stuff like this stout in order to stay relevant. So I had an article that was either Wall Street Journal or CNN Business mm -hmm. that said the wine industry in particular, and then the the, the standard beer industry, like you said, the lagers, ales, the Budweiser's, Bud Lights, are in a little bit of a panic right now. Okay. Because the millennials, particularly the millennials they mentioned, but also like what you're saying, what, what Generation C or whatever. Z, yeah. Z. Yeah. Um, they're not drinking wines and they're not drinking your standard beers. Right. And so they're, those industries are seeing sales drop and they're trying to figure out like how do we... So that's why you're seeing the, the Bud Lights coming out with the seltzers. Like the Bud Light Next. Well, that, that just got released. Low carb, the Bud Light Next. That was like had a big Super Bowl ad yeah. campaign. Um, but that's what's, but that was what the craft beer in the cider industry, I think, has going for them is that, like you said, you've got, you seem to have a beat on, you know, the upcoming generations want something right. new, want something different, want to go to a place like this and then want to have a new experience. Absolutely. And be able to tell somebody, and I, I don't, this is going to sound bad, but I'm not meaning it for it, but to be able to tell somebody on their social media, right. to be able to tweet or to Facebook or to, well, God, kids, millennials don't Facebook, I'm sure. That's oh, just, trust that's me, just I me. do, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, to, to Snapchat, Snapchat or Instagram mm -hmm. or to tweet like, hey, oh man, I had this great blah, 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 right. because nobody else has done that yet Absolutely. Or, or had this cider or whatever. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, you know, earlier I said my industry likes change and they want something new. They want something trendy. They don't want to have the exact same experiences that the people before them had. Um, even people like their parents, right? They don't, they don't want to have those exact same experiences. Uh, there's in the, in the wine industry right now, if you were to go to like Old Mission Peninsula north of Traverse City and you go to these places, um, you know, the big ones up there like Bowers Harbor, Chateau, uh, you know, Chateau Grand Traverse. Chateau um, Chantel. Chateau Chantel. Nothing against those places. They make great wines. 
but a lot of them are going to be relatively similar. A lot of their grow these places are all growing kind of the same grapes. They're all growing. Um, they have their cabs. They have their pinots. They have their, absolutely yep. not. I mean, even past the cabs, a lot of them, uh, cab is relatively difficult to grow in Michigan. Uh, but like they have, they have their, they, you know, their whites. They have their rieslings, right? They have their uh, sweet riesling. They have the dry riesling. They have their late harvest riesling. They have their uh, Pinot Grigio, their Pinot Blanc. That's it, right? They have these. So I don't. Want, but and I'm, as I said, this is nothing against these companies. That's just the way that. It's been for however long up there because that place is historic. I mean, it's been that exact same thing. But then there's a new guy named Wes. Wes just started one of the newer wineries in Michigan over uh, in Ludington called Pier Marquette. And he's growing a bunch of experimental grape varieties. Uh, I've actually been over there and got to try a lot of them, uh, like Blaukenfranc or Marquette grapes or these, these varieties that you don't hear of as often. And people are gravitating towards that because they want to try something new. They want to try something different. Right. Um, My wine experience ended in high school when I mixed grape, lime, and orange MD 2020. The, the, the <laughs> night did not end well. Bad idea. So right? I've never been a wine drinker <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the... I love how everyone has one of those stories, right? I uh, haven't had mine quite yet, but it'll be there eventually. Um, the Michigan, Michigan is Everybody shifting. Everybody just has one because I've, I've got... You have multiple. <laughs> you have multiple. Yeah, many stories. Um, you know, Michigan's a complicated state. When you think of California, you think of wine. Uh, when you think of, oh gosh, I don't even have another example for you other than Michigan. Kentucky Michigan, would be bourbon. Kentucky bourbon, right? But Michigan, you have Beer City, USA, Grand Rapids. You have wine, wine country of the Midwest up in Traverse City. Um, now you have this cider game, and statistically, uh, mead is one of the, you know, mead is the state drink of Michigan. Um, a lot of people you know, really? might not know that. I did not um, know that. And that's because um, mead, there's two of the top mead makers in the world in Michigan. Uh, Shrams. Shrams is, if, if I'm not mistaken, if the last time I checked, like second or third. Ken, Ken runs his spot out of Farmington Hills, I think. Um, he's like one of the most decorated mead makers in the world. Uh, Bee Nectar, who I mentioned earlier, they, they make some amazing meads. Uh, actually, Bee Nectar was here the other day sampling out some of their higher-end meads. Uh, Michigan is kind of this melting pot when it comes to alcohol, where, as I said earlier, California is wine or Kentucky is bourbon. Michigan has it all. Even these distilleries, you look at Grand Traverse Whiskey, you look at um, or Grand Traverse Distillery, Traverse City Whiskey Company, Mammoth Distillery, um, Valentine Distillery down in Detroit. You have all these different places, and I think Michigan, Michigan doesn't have like the, you know, you say cab earlier, Michigan Gross Cab. California is really known for their cab sob. Sure. Michigan doesn't have something it's really, really known for. Michigan isn't really good. I mean, Michigan is really good at growing cherries, but it was not like there's a, if, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, there's right. Not, I understand. Michigan's not super known for growing an alcohol. They're not super known for growing grapes, even though they do. Um, they're not super known for growing hops, even though we do. Um, but the reason Michigan is so unique is because we literally have it all. So I think that... So kind of like a, a, this almost makes it a slam, but I don't mean it as one. Almost like a jack of all trades, master of none. Absol absolutely. Um, and I, I couldn't agree with that statement more. Um, granted. That's why you pay me the big bucks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, granted, and that's nothing against the alcohol producers in the state of Michigan, because we do have some of the best. You know, we do have some of the best breweries. We do have some of the best meaderies, some of the best distilleries, some of the best wineries, uh, some of the best cideries. But we're not, like, master of this. You know, as I said earlier, when you think of bourbon, you think of Kentucky, you think of wine, you think of California. Um, maybe one day, right? Sure. I, I would love to say that Michigan has is the, is the beer capital yes. of, the, of the country. Um, 
but there's so many other breweries that come in, that come to mind when you think of beer. You know, the best, the high, highest ranked brewery in the country right now is called Side Project out of Missouri. I would like to say that Michigan has the highest ranked brewery, but it doesn't. And once we, if we ever get to that point, maybe then we can start talking about that. Right. Um, I, I really, if Baines were to expand, as I said earlier, you know, you think beer, you think Grand, uh, Grand Rapids, you think wine, you think Traverse City. I would like to see it to go to one of those places to indulge in what those, each of those cities has its own culture. It really does. You go to Grand Rapids and um, walk downtown and everyone wants to go to breweries. Um, even with like the college, the college being there, you know, you go up to Traverse City. Traverse City almost feels like its own, like, Traverse City is almost its own environment culture in general people are so happy to be there everyone up there you know is going wine tasting or has been wine tasting um they 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 enjoy their drinks up there we're down here you just don't get that um so you know as i've said many times if you're in this area please do come see us because we would love to show you around we need uh the more customers that know about this place the better so all right and then um so 16 taps you said yep Nin right. 19. But 19, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just going to name a couple of them off here. So we've got a Bazoo, is that, oh, Brewery, that's an R. Brewery, Vivian, Cran, Apple, Blueberry. And then we've got a, the 424 Orange Push-Up that we had earlier. How do you choose these? And like, Are you getting one keg and then it's For gone sure. and then you get another one? Yep. Or So the, the cider side of things is... Is, is a lot easier because all you have to do is, you know, I have my sweet ciders, I have my dry ciders, um, I have my ciders that have fruit in it that are mostly mine. I have a cider on draft right now that has hops in it. Um, I have a, a, what's called a sizer on draft right now. A sizer is half mead, half cider. So it's a it's a cider fermented with honey. Um, so the cider side's a lot easier really to pick compared to the beer side. Um, the beer side, I really like to have one light beer on draft at all times. Normally that it uh, comes from Eastern Market Brewing Company down in Detroit. That's their Kolsch. A Kolsch is a hybrid between a lager yep. and an ale. Um, that's the one light beer that I like to have. And then, um, I mean, it, it changes. Like right now I have a pale ale from Transient Brewing Company down by, and down in Bridgman, Michigan, down by Indiana. Um, but all the other ones I get to really play with. Usually I like to have two IPAs. Right now I only have one. But I like to have two IPAs, either a hazy a hazy and a juicy, and if it's not one of those, it's something like the orange push-up that has lactose in it, um, you know, heavily fruited, that kind of thing. Um, I always like to try to have a dark ale on, whether that be a, a black ale, a brown ale, a stout, a porter. Right now, it just happens to be the Purgatory from Rake uh, Beer Project. I like to have at least one fruited sour on draft. Right now, that's the Cranapple Blueberry from Brewery Vivant over in Grand Rapids. Uh, which is absolutely outstanding. Uh, if you guys have never had it before, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, and then right now I also have, there's, so there's two classifications of sour ales. There's kettled sours and there's wild sours. And kettled sours is, are you don't, like uh, this one, the cranapple blueberry, which we can try later. Um, that's a kettled sour. So it's gonna be relatively sweeter as opposed to sour. But if you were to tr uh, try the Speciation Trophic Cascade, which is a, um, a wild sour with blood orange, prickly pear, and, and uh, cascade hops. That's almost gonna it's gonna taste sour on the tongue. It tastes like a, oh my gosh, like sour candy, like a sour patch kid or something to that effect. I'm not saying it does, but right. that's like the sour effect that you get. Right. So the kettled and the and the wild fermentations get completely different when it comes to the sour side of things. So I always like to have at, at least one of either. Um, and then right now I just happen to have a, a, a fruited seltzer on draft from Ascension. Um, Smooge, if you guys have ever had Smooge. 
Mm, I I think actually I just because I was curious about the name. Yeah. <laughs> I did this fall for sure. This past fall. Uh, Smooge is out of Ann Arbor. They are, to my knowledge, the top ranked. Uh, seltzer makers in the country. Um, they make some amazing things. Their newest one is called the Painkiller, uh, which is pineapple, orange, coconut, and nutmeg. Uh, but when you drink it, it's almost like drinking an energy, like a like a thick smoothie, like an energy drink. Um, and we, we could try that one too if you'd like. Um, but they're out of Ann Arbor, and I s strictly serve their stuff out of cans, but I, I, I could go through anywhere from half a case to a case a day. I mean, it flies off my shelf just wow. by serving it to people at my bar. Sure. So um, all the things we've discussed, all the different types of drinks we've discussed, seltzer would probably be at the bottom of the list. It would go seltzer, mead, cider, and then the beer. But I, I just the seltzer yeah. just does. I'm not a just. Yeah. You know, I, I like like you said earlier, maybe because you know, Bud Light seltzer, this seltzer, right. that seltzer. This Everyone seltzer. has one, yeah. right? Um, the, so the sel the seltzer game to my in my opinion is going down at least on the big box shelves but like smooge smooge isn't going anywhere anytime soon they're coming up with new things they're being innovative they're being creative um like i bought 25 cases of their apple pie excuse me uh seltzer like the week before thanksgiving and the week after thanksgiving i was sold out wow. and i mean it, it just absolutely flies off the shelf people people go out of their way to come find smooge and as i said okay. we can try that um another thing that i pride myself in is um the one underneath the smooge here, you'll see 2K Farms, Ice Cider. So I actually have an ice wine on draft right now, an ice cider. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily have those because they have to come off of nitrogen because they're still. Oh, nitro, um, Mike. Yeah, I, I have three nitro lines. Um, one of them right now is an ice wine. One of them's a mead, Shrams, who I mentioned earlier, Ken Shram. I have his cherry, uh, cherry honey wine on right now. And then uh, I have a 26% cherry liqueur from Mammoth Distillery up in Traverse City on draft right now as well, coming off of nitrogen. Um, my eight taps that will be coming in, they'll be done in the next five weeks or so, uh, will be half CO2, half nitrogen. Um, the CO2 will be running kegged cocktails. So what I do here is I have a, a plethora of about 15 kegs that are called pop tops, or for those of you in the industry, uh, Cornelius kegs, that I take the tops off of and then make five gallon cocktails. So last oh, week okay. I had a gin and tonic on draft. Oh, um, right on. The week before I had a cocktail called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is, uh, <laughs> rye, yeah, I know, right? That's great. Um, rye whiskey, um, pineapple jalapeno, simple syrup, um, and ginger beer. And that, that flew, that I went through a keg in like three days. Um, so, and then my, I will have cocktails on draft come this fall as well. Wow. Come, some of them CO2, some of them nitrogen. So, uh, like this fall, I'll have I'll do mimosas on draft. I'll do uh, I want to have a Bloody Mary bar. Um, there's a distillery up in uh, up by my cottage in a little town called Lake Lelana, uh called Northern Latitudes, and they make a horseradish vodka. And I already signed the deal with them. We're gonna do three kegs of horseradish vodka for this fall to do Bloody Marys with. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, Bloody no. Marys are. I mean, kind of getting off on a tangent here, but Bloody Marys are one of those drinks. They're either spectacular and like wow right. this is good or they're terrible or it's like wow this is horrible i right. don't even know if i can drink this absolutely yeah um so this this horseradish vodka and i don't even like horseradish and i don't even like vodka and i don't even like bloody mary's <laughs> but i will drink that actually straight i really really enjoy it um so in, in the fall uh once i get these other cocktail lines installed i'll be even doing 
cooler things, right? Um, doing things like the I want to have a Bloody Mary bar. Uh, I'm sure. gonna make a couple craft cocktails. I like. I, love, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I, I really do kind of visualize. Um, bees knees. Bees knees are huge. You don't. You can't find a good bees knees around here, right? You go to the, my local restaurants and all you get it. You know, you ask for a Captain and Coke, or you ask for maybe maybe a gin and tonic or something to that effect. But I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna take it three levels higher. Uh, doing high-end liquor. I mean, I'm going to charge $11 a glass, but people will pay it. Right. Because if I know it's right. good, Because if it's it. really, really good, and it's something, any, if there's something unique, they will. Absolutely. Is there any legal, you know, like, for, for instance, even the Kroger on State Street. For sure. They don't sell liquor because Absolutely. Rite Aid has a license. Yeah. And they're that close together. So right. you, you can get beer and wine yep. at the Kroger. Yep. But to get the liquor, you got to go to the Rite Aid. So, so now if you, to do liquor in here, does that, do you have to yeah, do it, anything uh, else? The state of Michigan is one of the top, uh, probably top five most difficult when it comes to liquor laws. Um, they're, they're allocated by county. And what happens is we got ours in, you know, as I said, 2020, right as the census was happening. So we got lucky because Saginaw County actually lost residents. So we could have lost our ability to get a liquor license if that uh, license got reallocated. It didn't, though. Knock on wood. Um, but I, I have what's called a Class C tavern. So I can, behind my bar, I can serve whatever I want. I can serve liquor. I can serve okay. beer. I can serve wine. Um, I cannot sell it. The only things I can sell out the door is anything under... 16 percent 17 percent um because once you hit that threshold then it becomes well right and then it becomes a liquor right, Not, right. It, yeah you get it even though some of them above that threshold aren't liquors but that's right. how the state of michigan views it they view it by um levels of uh abv right. alcohol content that's um, why they can only sell the high the high alcohol beer in four packs instead of six same same vein of law not particularly okay um the the, to my knowledge, the reason, and this is a tangent, but the, to my knowledge, the reason why you get normally four packs of like the higher end stuff, uh, higher alcohol contents, normally they come in bo uh, bottles, um, the higher end alcohol contents. Because once you hit a specific level of alcohol, if you put it into a can, sometimes it starts eating, that alcohol will start eating the in, gotcha. inner liner of the can. Okay. Um, and I, I've, I've seen them in four, I've seen them in six packs. Um, <clears throat> so I, it could be part of that. Yeah. Outside of no, that, you realm. know what I mean. Even though it's my podcast, you can say, "Dave, no, you're wrong." <laughs> no, no, I'm no, okay no. with that. That's, um, I say at least three or four times a week. <laughs> podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, I am looking to get my. It's called a package liquor license uh, now. Uh, it's expensive, but I because I eventually want to have a high end Michigan bourbon rack in here, high end Michigan rye rack, a high end Michigan gin rack in here. Uh, that'll be hopefully in the next couple of years. Yeah. But I can still serve it behind my bar. It just can't leave my building. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of. Gotcha. You know, as I said, the state of Michigan right. is ridiculous. Why it doesn't all fall, fall under one license blows my mind. Um, but to that, I have what's called a specially designated merchant license, an SDM. So anything that's not considered a liquor, I can sell out my door. Uh, you're looking, you know, you're looking at like your 7-Elevens, your Kroger's have most of them have this license. Uh, a lot of them, what they don't do is um, under the SDM, you can legally ship products. You can ship wine, you can ship beer, and you can ship cider. Kroger is not going to go out of their way to ship a four pack of beer to someone, right? right. Uh, that's where I come into play. So my company, MI Cider, um, focuses on shipping cider to people within the state of Michigan that you can't find near you. Let's say you live down in that's Detroit cool. and that's you a... can't find tandem ciders, sure. for example. I know you can you can find tandem in Detroit, but let's say you can't. You go on my website and I will ship you four cans of whatever you want. 
Uh, their best cider is called Smackintosh. If you want four right. cans of Smackintosh, I'll ship it right to your front doorstep. Uh, and actually, my website is under what's called cloning right now. Um, MI Beer will drop in about a month. And um, I, so I will basically oh, I gotcha. take my entire beer cooler and put it on my website. Gotcha. Um, and I'll be able to ship everything you see here to people's front doorsteps, which will be awesome. Oh, that would be, um, yeah. I, I work with a uh, cardboard manufacturer out of Lansing. I, UPS ships my products. Um, and once MI Beer ha uh, happens, I'd like to say that it's going to take off pretty quickly because, uh, to my point earlier, you can't find this stuff and you know a lot of big right, places. Right. I know a lot of people like in the UP, you can't find Smooge relatively easily. So if I can start shipping these really cool beers to like the UP or to Traverse City or to Petoskey or even to like St. Joe uh, down on the border, that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. That's my goal in the next month. So, so would you be able to ship the Arvon then? Yep, I will be able to ship oh. Arvon. I uh, haven't talked to Brett about it yet, um, but he's going to be all over it. I'm in my, and, and I'm not trying to sound pompous here, but it's in my legal bounds to do so. So even if they say no, I, I still legally can. I might be less apt to do it if they don't, or if they're not 100% about me doing it. Right. Um, but once in the state of Michigan, once you buy a product wholesale, like once I bought those cases of Arvon, it legally becomes right. my product. So I can, even though it has, you know, Arvon made right. it, it's Arvon's sure. product. Be, I can do what I want with but it. But in the so, spirit of collaboration, it's correct. probably really good for both parties. To be like, yep, let's Right, do especially it. Yeah. when they have fine lines of where they're going to deliver. So right. if you can get Arvon in the hands of more people, why So not that, that's the point, right? So if, if so instead of he, he's bringing you 10 cases, I buy three, now all of a sudden your order's 15 cases. Absolutely. It should be a one Everyone's for every, selling yeah. more beer at yeah. that point. So, um, Brett, if you're, if you're listening... Um, <clears throat> first of all, thank you for selling me your beer. But um, <laughs> So, like, if... if if these people who want their product to be enjoyed by as many people as they can, if I can make that easier for them, more than likely they're going to be on all. And I'll, I'm going to make sure uh, Will Evans listens to this. He's donated beers to the pod, and I know he's actually friends with. I'm not 100% sure if it's Brett, but somebody at Arvon. Gotcha. He's okay. friends with. So. Yeah. And then. Because um, he's always he's always sending me texts. Is he at Grand Rapids? Is your friend out of Grand Rapids? Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to go over there. Uh, I've never seen that for space, but I need to really bad. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an extremely ambitious 23-year-old. Uh, I don't think anybody can tell, right, really, I from tell the... Right, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I do talk a lot, and I blame that on my parents, who are, as I said... That's good for a podcast, people. though. Yeah, I know. Tell me yeah, about that, it. that air makes for kind of uncomfortable listening. Awkward, right? Um, and I would spin it as passion in the, free, in the it future. It is. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, and it, I, I can tell it. It's The passion for this is kind of like oozing out so of So it's not like... It's not like I'm a passionate drinker. I'm passionate about what my well, parents are Well, that's where you and I differ then. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm passionate about making memories. I'm, I'm passionate about helping people, other people make memories. That's why this place exists. Um, I think the alcohol plays a really keen role in that. And if you're enjoying, so my company and my cider, our slogan is uh, deliciousness delivered because we want to deliver you the best products that we can because you're going to be having a good time. And if we can add a delicious product to that, you're only going to be having a better time. Um, and if I can get some of Michigan's best beers into people's hands that have never enjoyed this stuff before, the sky's the limit. Um, the thing that I really uh, pride myself in is uh, I had my, my two patents just got filed. Um, and what my patents allow me to do is if you go to a liquor store, like the one down the street here is called Cork and Ale, they offer you the same thing that I offer here to buy individual cans. Okay? Right, right. Because you don't want to go in and buy a six-pack of 
let's say North Peak Archangel, which is their cherry summer wheat um, beer. And if you hate the first can, and I love that beer, one of my favorites, if, if you hate that first can, the other five cans are gonna go to waste, Correct. right? What my patents allow me to do is online, so if I were to go to, if you were to go to MI Cider right now, type in your birth date, uh, you're gonna be able to pick either four, eight, 12, or 24 cans. Each can can be 100% different. So I gotcha. have, what, 52 products on MI Cider right now. You can go on and buy 24 different ciders if you've never tried any of them before. That'll be the exact same thing on MI Beer. Um, and so let's say um, right when I launch, I'd love to have 75 beers on my website. If you go through and you want to buy all four of the smooges that I have available because you've never had smooge before, you can do that. You don't have to buy a four pack of this, a four pack of that, a four pack of this, a four pack of that. You can buy one can of each. That's what my patents allow me to do. Well, that's good. So um, yeah. I think that that's a, a big differentiator for me in this industry is people going to my website and being like, hey, I can go to Ben's website and buy stuff I've never tried before. Um, and my website will constantly update. I want to get new companies out there all the time. Uh, if let's say I only get one case of something from Arvon, once it's gone, yeah. it's gone. Um, and then something new will come next week. Have you ever done anything with uh, Austin Brothers? I like Austin. Uh, I should say I like the Austin Brothers. Uh, great brewery. Um, and I used to sell their beer here. Um, they are selling their beer a lot at the tap house on the other side of uh, town here, Stardust. Uh, and at that point I was kind of like, let me lean off of that a little bit. Uh, and then once I get to NI Beer, I'll probably start shipping their products right away because they make some killer beer. Yes. They really do. Yeah, Dave and I were up there and we interviewed Blake. Blake in uh, uh, I mean, one of our episodes and that, that turned out, and the food there is fantastic too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the big, issues that it's not necessarily an issue it's a blessing and a curse five miles down the 10 miles down the road i have one of the biggest beer distributors in the nation fabiano brothers yes. sure right yep. austin brothers is uh distributed by fabiano yeah and so you can find austin brothers literally in every store you go to around here that's i and you spoke to that earlier in the right. pod 100%. Where, yeah. yeah and so it's nothing against austin brothers as i said they make some amazing beer and i'll probably put it on my website because austin brothers isn't shipping their beer right now not a lot of people in Michigan are. This legislation is relatively new when it comes to specially designated merchants shipping beer. Uh, to my knowledge, it's only happened over the last couple months. Um, and so if I'm the first to do it, bring it on. Austin Brothers will be on my website for sure. Okay. I, we, I just brought it up because, like you said, there, uh, there's a few other beers that are just absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Most of them are and, good. And but unique. They're, yeah. Right. And unique. And then like, Dave and I had, had done an interview up. At, uh, it was actually the uh, the Bud distributor because I worked with the son-in-law of the owner of the Bud distributor up in Alpena. Gotcha. So on a sudden, Dave and, Dave and his wife, Liz and myself, went up to Dave's wife, Shelly, by the way. Uh, we went up to Alpena, night of drink and stayed at the hotel. And then that Sunday morning, we went over and did a, a tasting recording. and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Forgive me, Lord, instead of going yeah. to church. Right, yeah. right, right, on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> If, if my, you know, let's say, what, what else is Austin Brothers? Northern, let's just say, take Northern Lights, for example. If you've never had Northern Lights for, um, you know, one of their, it's one of their, like, pale ales, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Um, and you've never had it, and you see it on my website, and you live in Grand Rapids, maybe you'll pick it up. And if you love it, and you fall in love, you can go right back on my website and buy eight cans, 12 cans, a case, if you want. Right, right. Um, and that's where I think my website will really come into play. I need to market it better. Uh, the issue with like marketing online in Michigan, it gets really tough for a retailer 
because you have to be careful. Like, are you marketing to someone under the age of 21? Yeah. Are you doing these things? So right. there's a lot of legalities and legislations that are in place that limit that kind of stuff. So right. if, I mean, hopefully this is a big deal when it comes to, okay, hey, here are my companies, get the word out there, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Um, just to kind of wrap this up, a lot of good information. As we talked about, you and I were talking, you know, when we were trying to set this up that, you know, this, hopefully this won't be the last time, yeah. you know, we get together and talk. And, I would, I would, I hope it's not the last time. Yeah. So, um, Mike and I wanted to ask a couple questions. Mike, I know you had one on the tip of your head, uh, as far as like, you know, as, you know, kind of off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. Before we go off the beaten path, the one thing. Oh, he's okay. I, I confuse easily. All right. You know, because I'm, I'm focused on the two spectacular beers. Um, both of these I would have, Dave and I use a one through five rating scale on our beers. Believe it or not, I actually liked, I would have probably, I would probably have given the uh, orange push-up a four, and I would have came in with the uh, the s'more purgatory at probably about a three, eight, five. Okay. And a one through five. For sure. So those are both real high ratings for us. But it, and it, it's odd that I actually this is this right here was fantastic. It's that fun. actually surprises yeah, that, me a little bit because yeah, he's that, not a, he's not a super fruity guy. Okay, I mean a New England IPA just a, you know what I mean? Right. Obviously, yeah, and, but this delicious was tasty, and tasty. Like but you're, yeah, like, uh, like Ben said, it doesn't hit. I mean, you, you definitely taste the orange creamsicle. Oh yeah. But it's not like oh, this is so sweet. I'm literally eating the orange creamsicle, right. but you you taste it. But there was enough IPA flavor. This was actually, in fact, if, if I if we were actually doing a rating, I might even go a four on that bad boy. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I was focused on that. So now, all right. So we have two people walk in, yep. and the the listeners heard that on there. But you said you're open August through December, but yet you told them. He said, "Well, when you open, and you said we're open Thursday. So what yeah. actually are the hours that?" You know, Joe Schmo can come in and yeah. get one of the 19 things um, on tap. You know, it's uh, so we'll do uh, August to December. We don't miss a beat, right? I, I this past fall, I mean, I was here of like the 110 days we were open. I was here like 108 of them. I mean, we, my my mom, dad, and I really don't sleep when it comes to the fall right. time. Every day we're here. Once the New Year's hits, uh, we do Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays, uh, January, February, and March. Okay. Uh, and then that stops St. Patrick's Day because post that. We like to relax a little bit. Our event season starts, um, that kind of thing. Because, um, you know, when we're here for that entire time in the fall and, and to some of December, um, taking a couple of days off a week is fun. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, okay, so definitely. So August, December, all in. Full blown. And then January, February, March, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Correct. And then after St. Patrick's Day, if somebody shuts interested, they could call and say, hey, I got a wedding, I got a... Yeah. So it's always open March through August. Correct. You may not always be able to get it, but the availability is, hey, I'm doing a graduation party Saturday, oh, yeah. June, whatever. And if you're available, then people could go that route. Right. All right. You know, our, our grad parties actually are booking up like... A year in advance these days. And then, it's absolutely crazy. And then the final business question on that. So Please. what does one have to do to get in the trivia on Wednesdays? People just walk through the door. Uh, you know, we get a lot of calls like, hey, do I have to reserve anything? That was how it was at the beginning, but it almost became too much. Um, I just kind of let the flood doors open. And So now, like, on Wednesday, if I'm coming from work on, mm -hmm. from Midland, I'm coming down here, can I come in and drink two beers and not Absolutely, play? yeah. All right. People, people do that so all technically, night. you're open Wednesday through Saturday. Technically, we're open Wednesday, just a couple hours. Uh, you know, what we, uh, to your point there, 
you know, people are like, do we need reservations? Um, we are super, super laid back here. If you're going to come through our door, we're going to try our hardest to make you happy, make it memorable, and make you come back, or make you want to come back, I should say. Um, if something goes haywire, we'll figure it out. Uh, like last two weeks ago, we had a guy that came in, and I, a girl that came in, and I unfortunately um, gave her her wrong credit card uh, back after the ta her tab was closed. And um, we, you know, I thought it was the end of the world, but my mom and dad came out. We, we leveled it off very easily. Uh, you know, we paid her tab, no big deal. Um, we, we, we are very good at leveling things off. And if something goes bad, something goes bad, right. but we figure it out. Uh, like we're right on a major highway here. Um, this fall, we had two accidents right out front. And that might, you might think that that might kind of throw a wrench in our day. We'll go out there, we'll shut the store down for a little bit, figure out what we need to do, but regroup and then collaborate, come back, open the store like, I mean, like nothing happened. Right. Um, we, we take pride in that. We take pride in, especially my mom. She thinks that everything happens for a reason and life is 10% of how, or 10% of what happens and 90% of how you handle it. And we like to think most of the time here we handle things pretty well, so. Perfect, I would agree. Well, and then the odd stuff you're saying. All right, so after St. Patrick's Day, yep. What do you do? Movie watcher, fisherman, hunter. Uh, sleep for days on end. This this season will be promoting my this off season will be promoting my business, going around Michigan, meeting people in the industry. Um, they say, hey, here's my company. I'm gonna sell your beer if you're okay with that kind of thing. Uh, like I need to go to Austin Brothers. I need to go to Arvon. Um, I, I need marketing is a big deal. Um, I would love to try to find an investor to, um, for the Traverse City Traverse City edition of Baines because uh, we want to see that happen sooner rather than later. Um, you know, my parents, my mom is you know, my mom, I love you, but she's 57, um, and I, I she this was kind of her like retirement gig, I guess you could say. Uh, but I know she wants me to take over in the next 10 to 12 years. But um, if I can take this and even expand it up to like Traverse City, um, maybe she, I want her to stay around a little longer. So maybe she'll, I'll run up there maybe and she can stay down here a little bit. So um, it's, uh, Traverse City is kind of, as I said earlier, our next step. Uh, we're redoing our kitchen in there. Um, even on our off season, we're basically here every day. Uh, but we have a cottage up in Traverse City that I go to pretty frequently in the off season. I like to boat, uh, not a fisherman. My dad is a huge fisherman, uh, but I'm not as patient as he is, unfortunately. I need to work on that. Um, so you like to catch, you don't like to fish? I like to drink. I don't know <laughs> okay. about that, yeah. Good. Um, All right. I have a little- Touche. I have a little uh, Australian Shepherd Poodle at home that keeps me occupied. Um, just your normal 23-year-old that works at a family business, I guess you could say. Do, do you get to watch any shows or do you, do you, do you, yeah, if my, something like a big, a big box office for movie sure. comes out? For um, sure. You know, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I think a lot of kids my age are. Sure. Uh, right now I am watching. Hell Davis. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> no, great, a it's a great film, or a great film franchise, right? Right now I'm watching Game of Thrones for the second time. Um, Game of Thrones trivia will be coming to Baines here quite soon. Um, I really, really, really like uh, the Office, of course, just like everyone. The Office trivia here is a blast. Um, if you guys have ever seen a show called Peacemaker, 
which is the new one with John oh, Cena. Yeah. Yeah, John Cena sure. is an amazing actor. He is hilarious. If you haven't seen Peacemaker out there, you absolutely need to. Right. Um, Kudos awesome to him because he used to suck as an actor, and he's right. really and he, honed his. Yeah, he, he has honed his craft. In this, he's gotten there. And, in the show, he's kind of like a dick. Yeah. Excuse my French, but like yeah. he's kind of like an ass, and maybe that might be his persona. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's really coming coming to his himself. To your point. And, I he I think he could be up for like an award. It's that good of a show. So you you guys <laughs> I need think to go the watch Oscars it. are gonna yeah. blow by him a little bit, but yeah, but some kind of an award. Golden Globes, right? Is Golden that Globe or yeah, yeah or okay. an Emmy or something like that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I've I've swiped by that a couple of times. So I'll have to I'll have to watch it if you like. H- I, I've always HBO, been, yeah. yeah. I've always been ten. I'm like, all right, I'll find something else. Right. So I, but if it's worth the watch, I'm, I'll I'll give it a go. Do I need to get you guys a third one? Because you said you guys need one. You know, wanted to try three beers. Well, I tell you what, what we'll do is we might or we might do a couple little tastings yeah. and then in this third segment we'll tell our listeners kind of how that yeah, went. Yeah, that, that, that's fine as well. Okay. So, All right. Perfect. Well, thank you guys. Really no, appreciate thank you. you having thank you me for on. for our time. You know, yeah. next, next time. Our time? Thank you for your time. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Your time. Um, yeah, thank you for our time. <laughs> next time what I would like to do is um, set up like an actual tasting. Like, I don't know if you guys oh, that'd be cool. That yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I would for sure. bring you guys, like, you know, three different, three or four different ciders, three or four different beer, three or four different meads, three or four different wines, and be like, okay, hey, here are these notes that I get. What do you guys get? Right. Um, you know, one of the, and I can talk to you guys more about this over there, but one of the things that I've learned, especially when it comes to whiskey and bourbon, um, you're not supposed to taste with, and, you know, some people take this the wrong way, uh, but when I was taught to taste by multiple different people, um, that when you taste, you're not supposed to immediately think of like other fruits or like, hey, if this does this have peaches in it? Um, I've been taught to taste to start with colors. So when I drink a bur, let's say when I drink like a, a bourbon from like Journeyman's Distillery down at the border, I love their, um, it's called Featherbone. Um, when I drink Featherbone, uh, the guys that taught me to taste, actually the guys at Journeyman's taught me this, uh, immediately start thinking of colors. Even though bourbon is, is brown, you're going to taste a lot of browns. You're going to taste a lot of you know, even even darker than that blacks, and then you associate. So the guys down at Journeyman's taught me, okay, hey, if you taste brown, what do you think of past that? Do you think of smoked almonds? Do you think of figs? Do you think of, what what, what do you associate these colors with? And then the tasting notes come a little easier. Um, that's what I've been taught to do. Um, and I've kind of right. pointed people in that direction, uh, tried as well, and then it opens up a whole new whole new realm of, you don't just taste, taste Peaches, but you taste other things. Maybe you're t- going to taste apricot. Maybe you're going to taste grapefruit. Maybe you're going to taste o- things other than peaches. So, um, if we were to do a tasting next time, maybe we could walk through that a little bit. So, is there, th- here's a question that comes to mind, though. Like a cicerone, I think, is a beer taster. Yep. Okay, a wine taster. There's another name for it. Doesn't come to yep. mind. Wine is som, sommelier. Sommelier. Um, so, is there a cider? There is. It's uh, what is it? It's relatively. It's a new classification. It's called the pommelier. So, pom is pommelier. Yeah, pom is French for uh, the study of apples. Or this, the horticulture, I guess you could say, the, stu- the study of flowering fruits like pears, apples. Sure. Um, I was slated. I'm a level one CCP, so level one certified cider professional. Um, level two is this is the palm. I was slated to take my exam two weeks ago in Richmond, Virginia, but I did not get to take it. Oh. And um, I heard the exam was pretty difficult, so I might have some more studying to do. Um, but you have to classify, classify, there's four different types of apples. There's bittersweet, bitter, sharp, uh, sweet, and sharp. And you have to be like, taste the cider. What kind of, what classification of apple is this? Is it a skunk cider? Um, 
there's and then there's a bunch of different regions. You have to know French, you have to know Spanish, you have to know English, you have to know German, you have to know American ciders. Um, so there's a lot more to it than okay, hey, is this a good cider yeah. or not? Right. So Mike so, and I were thinking about becoming cicerones at one point. Yeah. So I, now that I'm hearing you say that, I'm like that for he and so I. Cicerone that might... is the taster of it for beer. Okay. For so beer. you could be a professional taster yeah. and oh, know. Yeah, yeah that uh, sounds yeah, like a yeah. lot. I don't, I don't want to get that deep. I've tasted. I, I'm like, yeah, I like it. No, I don't. <laughs> I've uh, I've taken a couple like crash courses on Cicerone because my original goal was to become a Cicerone, a Sommelier, and a Pom, uh, Pom a Pommelier, all in one. That was kind of my original goal, and a lot of people were pushing me to do that because um, I was starting at such a young age. Um, shoot for the stars, Ben. Shoot for the stars, but Cicerone's tough. Is it? Like, if you're drinking an IPA, is this Centennial, is this Citra, is this Mosaic, is this Galaxy, is... Oh, you have hundreds of different type of hop flavors to choose from. Sure. Um, same thing with grapes. You know, you have hundreds... Same thing with apples. And um, so that's that's difficult. Uh, what kind of fermentation level is this? Is this a lager? Is it an ale? What's the difference between the two? Bottom fermentation, up for, or, you know, up to, uh, bottom to top fermentation, top to bottom fermentation. Yeah, see, if I um, took it that seriously, I don't even know if I'd like to drink anymore. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> so cider is relatively rel- relatively simple. You have cider, you have apple cider, and you have yeast, right? Where beer, you have malt, you have hops, right. you have so much more to it. You have these non-fermentable sugars. You have... I mean, even if you wanted to add stuff to it, like a porter or a stout, you have up fermentation, down fermentation. Cicerone might be the hardest. So right. you guys more than happy to please try, but it's it's not it's not easy. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not doing that. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll still think about it, Mike. Maybe yep. I'll maybe I'll take one for the team. Right there, you go. And All you right. can drink a lot. You can like study and drink a lot, right? So is that the? It might yeah. be hard, but you get to drink a lot, and you know, in the meantime, so. Well, thank you, Ben. Yeah, You're welcome ben. very this much. Is, this thank was you, perfect. You. Very Absolutely. informative. And stop out at, at Baines. Yeah, we'll, we, uh, we'll show you a good time. And if you uh, tell me that you listen to the podcast, your first drink's on me. Boom. So, Boom. Perfect. Look at that. Oh. Look at that. Um, nice. Thank you guys again. Really yep. appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we get to do this again very soon. All right. So Thanks. Cheers. 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 Well, I got to tell you, Mike, uh, I really enjoyed those two tastings that we had at Baines. Uh, really enjoyed them quite a bit. And, As did I. Yeah, and, and we always, I mean, we're going to make an effort to try to plug our Michigan microbreweries here, uh, first and foremost. But uh, for this last tasting, for the last part of the show here, I, I was looking, I wanted to get a Michigan beer, Michigan craft beer, uh, but I also wanted to get something from, uh, you know, your big box store. Because not all of our listeners are going to run out to Opperman's. They're not going to run out to um, uh, da, 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 in Midland. Um, uh, uh, Eastman Party Store. Eastman Party Store, thank you. Um, you know, and maybe pay the long dollar for, you know, a really good craft brewery or craft beer, excuse me. And... So I wanted to you know, get something that somebody that's at Meyer could look and pick up real quick. My problem was I looked in the case, and we've tried almost all of them. And I'm, when I'm, I'm, that's not an exaggeration. Right. There's no hyperbole there. There's, I mean, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, tried it, tried it, tried it, tried it, tried it. Dang. So um, the one I've got here is from Lake, or excuse me, Southern Tier Brewing Company, Lakewood, New York. It's a regional, regional brewery in New York. Uh, it's called Lakeshore Fog. Uh, it's a New England IPA. The Lakeshore Fog kind of reminded me of like a Michigan Lakeshore kind of, so it was close enough. 6.5%. Um, 
ABV with 20 IBUs. Yes. Well, it, it, but actually, just so we're not confusing our listeners, Southern Tier is in New York. Didn't I say that? I don't know. You might have just said I said, it, I said it reminded, I, the Lakeshore reminded me of Because when you Michigan. said Lakeshore, I, when you say Lakeshore, it reminds me of Chicago Lakeshore Drive. Oh, okay. And then that's what, yeah. So if you said New York, I was just blanked out because it's like, but we are the Great Lakes. Sure. So, I mean... Yeah. So, so yeah, either or Michigan, Illinois, New York, it's really all the same. And <laughs> they're all connected by water. I as guess. we pour into our I'm sure bigger than pint glass uh souvenir item that I brought home from the Hard Rock. Liz and I try to go to a Hard Rock in every bigger city we go to. Oddly enough, we were in Rome all week. I did not hit the Rome one, but we were in Venice for a day and I went we did go to the Venice one for lunch before our uh gondola the ride which we'll talk about later but as we're pouring this southern tier into this glass it just dawned on me that the fine folks that although i do like this glass better than the one i was drinking out of in the restaurant i do it does appear that they're getting rid of some old inventory because we're drinking out of the uh hard rock 50th anniversary glass with venice on it yeah and it was established in 1971 which means this is a 2021 glass now it's only February of 2022. It's not like it's sure. October right. of 2022, but they were they, they were flushing their inventory <laughs> out. Although the the other glass just has the the yellow and red or yellow and yeah burgundy whatever Hard Rock logo. Then it's underneath. I actually like this better. Yeah. Although it's, this is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, so, cheers. cheers. Ooh, wow. way, a lot of haze on the uh, note. A lot of fruity. Definitely New England. Now, wait a second. That's the grapefruit, but probably under the... Oof, probably heavy, under, heavy on grapefruit. Probably under the category of TMI, but as you go to drink and get your nose into that glass, don't you smell butt? <laughs> butt? Yes. <laughs> I haven't had my nose in enough butts. No, no Mike. That's definitely ass. <laughs> that's an ass smell to it. Luck, good thing it doesn't taste like ass, but it's an ass smell to it. <laughs> Woo! I'll take your word for it. Boy, that is, that is a lot of grapefruit. All right. So, hmm. since we last left you, which I believe was on a Thursday night, so that's what, 12 days? Uh, to accommodate all your travel days. plans. Yes. Yeah. So that's like 10, 11 days ago when we usually we were only six or seven days apart. Um, what have you been watching? Okay, well... I will tell you that as of last night, uh, the season finale of 1883. All right. Now, if you're not a Yellowstone fan, if you're not, I mean, it did kind of bring some things all together. It was a, the writers did a great job. Actors did a great job. Um, I thought it, I thought it ended as far as the season finale is concerned. Some season finales, you know, you've said on some of your shows are trash. They just try to wind it up and like finish it, you know, and they don't really tie anything together. This tied some stuff together really nicely. I think uh, with the next prequel that they're going to go with, which I think is 1932, which is, you know, the ranch has kind of been established, and it will get you from 1932, I think, to present day, but who knows? You know, if they're making enough money off this thing, they'll probably find some other way to to spin it off. But uh, I think they did a, a really nice job. If you're into it, it was great. If you're kind of haphazard into 1883, 
some parts of it are a little slow because they're they're just trying to give you i think they're trying to give you a sense of what it was really like being out there on the oregon trail um there are some parts of it that are desolate and lonely and just you know and there are some parts of it that are really fucking scary um but you know I, I i like the ending of it um and it will segue nicely into you know some of the rest of the stuff. i've yet to start that my i went over to see my loyal listeners mary and jen my mom and sister today when you know and my mom was actually pretty disappointed that that was already the season finale so she's like are they coming out with another one so you're uh, you know so there's your answer mom apparently it's not another 1893 it's going to be between 1893 and Yellowstone. There were some reports that they were going to come out with a second episode, a second season of 1883, but I think what they're going to do is, I think the latest is it's going to be the 1932. Hopefully this is not a corrections corner for uh, the next episode, or our next pod, but I, I believe that's where it's going to, it's going to take it to. Um, it seems like it was kind of a finale-ish type of a, there, there was a lot of, <laughs> I won't do any spoiler alerts, but there was a lot of finale. Uh, f- oh. uh, there was a lot of final things that happened. There. There's a lot of finality in that finale. Finality, there's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, but uh, And then the only other thing I saw, Shelly and I watched a movie, and I kind of hesitated on it. It was on Netflix, but it was, it ended up, it's one of those where you start watching the movie and like, okay, you're 15 minutes into it. And you look at each other and you're like, should I turn it? Is it? No, let's see where this is. I, I'm kind of interested where this is going to go. And I keep keep watching. And you get 30 minutes into it, 45 minutes into it. And you're like, eh, should we find something else? No, 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 no. no. Let's, let's, let's see where this is going. But Nicolas Cage and John Cusack and there's a bunch of other... Uh, supporting actors and actresses, uh, not on the level of Steve Buscemi or anything like that, but people that you'll recognize, um, you know, they came through. So the end of the movie finished, you know, in a flurry and, and, and finished well. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was called Frozen Ground. Okay. Now, I'm going to throw a name out to you, Mike. All right. All right. I'm now, here to catch it. Ready? Yes. Robert Hansen. Does it ring a bell, or do you know where Robert Hansen fits into? Because this is a this is a, 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 a based on true events movie. It's called Frozen Ground on Netflix. Nicolas Cage, John Cusack. Never heard of him. Robert Hansen. Never heard of him. Serial killer in Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, John Cusack usually plays, you know, um, you know. Uh, better off dead, yep. funny, you know, '80s stuff. Uh, hot tub. Yep. Was he Hot Tub Time Machine? That, that John Cusack. That's the guy. For, the only one I remember from Hot Tub Time Machine is Daryl from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I don't get that right, but I think that's John Cusack. But um, I hope you don't get that wrong. I hope that what I say right. Yeah. Wrong. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. But uh, you know, those two. If it weren't those two, I probably wouldn't have hung with it in the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes. But it really started to gain steam and it started getting a lot better. John Cusack, he's he's pretty he's pretty like he unnerves you in that movie. He does a really good job. So he's Robert Hansen. He's Robert All Hansen. Right. Yeah. Uh, is it a new Netflix or did you and Shelley have to search for it to find it? Because I, I don't even see that popping up on my trending now. We I, I was we were looking through things because you know we don't we don't typically like the same stuff. Like every once in a while we'll find a rom com or something like that we like. She likes the pretty heavy hitting dramas, right. and I like sci fi and comedies and 
you know, but, you know, this this fit more in the drama scene, and plus, you know, um, I like Nick Cage in some stuff, but yeah. there's some other stuff I'm like, really? It's funny you mentioned John Cusack, and I'll get to that when you're done discussing your... Uh, I'm done. All right. That's it. All right, so here, I mean... And there's a there's a rhyme to my reason, a reason to my rhyme. Why you know why my list is so lengthy here? Okay, Vanilla Ice. So um, this is actually prior to going to Rome. Liz and I on Netflix. It was straight to Netflix, and according to Justin, her older son, who uh, said, I mean, apparently, like the initial audience who saw it thought it was so horrible, they just said, "Fuck it, don't even." We'll just send this straight to Netflix. But we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was thinking it was a remake a la um, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. But no, it, it was actually like a... I've seen the original. It was a sequel to the original. Oh, gotcha. And, I mean, it's all... it's there's I, I'm not going to even give you a spoiler alert because from the second minute of the show, you you know exactly what's going to happen. And all this was... You mean people are going to get killed with yeah, a chainsaw? Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it is graphic beyond graphic. Yeah. Uh, and I think in a, there's another movie that I, I'll get to here in a second. Like graphic on a 300 level? Oh, I, I, I'd never seen 300, but this is shit that I've what? never seen okay. in movies. How they, like, uh, Leatherface stomps this guy, and they literally show his skull getting busted. Probably unrealistically so. Sure. But you can literally see his skull getting crushed in. With brain matter spraying out at the girl under the bed. Yeah, apparently it's a spoiler alert. But again, I mean, if you don't know what's happening in this movie, then you're probably not smart enough to watch this movie because, <laughs> I mean, there's no fucking, there's no, I mean, it's just one kill after another, and there's really, no, there's a small little plot to it that, yeah, so yeah, but, <laughs> right. but like, like you said with Shelly, like we were 20 minutes in, it's like an hour and 32 minutes, like, ah, oh, well, fuck it now. Right. All right, so. Two Netflix things I watched. Uh, so is we, this on the flight? No, this oh. was, this was prior to, and one is actually today. Inventing Anna. It's actually based on a true story. Very watchable, if not for any other reason, because uh, Anna Mulvey, I think her name is, it's actually based on a true story. Okay. It's kind of fascinating how a nobody can nearly... Come close. It's almost like the guy who nearly bought the Islanders with no money. Right. This girl nearly swindled some major fucking banks to giving her a shit ton of money. And the beauty of it is who the lady, the actress who plays that Anna, yeah, is the blonde is in Ozark. Yep. And she's way sexier in this. If you can get by her Russian slash German accent that she speaks with. But it, that that's actually eight parts based on a true story, well watchable. And then the one I watched today because I was traveling and I would not fucking watch it beforehand because of my paranoid OCD personality is Downfall, the case against Boeing. Oh, <laughs> um, when in uh, like eighteen, I would nobody's gonna watch that before they go on a <laughs> exactly. eleven hour flight. Exactly. <laughs> but it was, I mean, and it, it turned into like basically how Boeing had to cut costs. And, and no disrespect to the 600 people that died in the two crashes, but it, it's, it is an interesting watch. It's like an hour and 32 minutes or whatever. And it was, I, th- I want to say it was October 18, and then five months later, which would be what, March of 19, a flight out of uh, somewhere in Asia, and then I want to say Ethiopia, 
because of a little computer chip that nobody was trained on kind of malfunctioned and the pilots didn't even really know what was going on. Very interesting, but that's like the first 20 minutes and then it almost turns into a a slam against Boeing, which deservedly so I'm not going to go into go into that because it's like one death is too many but really if you if you think about it right the the safety of air travel is because i believe whether the listeners or you dave know it or not the people that are taking care of those planes they're human beings right they make mistakes sure occasionally and then you know it's all done by machine and computer right well, then why do you see like a 2021 Mercedes on the side of the road with its hood up and its hazards on? Mercedes, you know, that fucking guy spent, what, $125,000 on that vehicle and he fucking broke down on the side of the road? Shit happens, right? Right. And like, you know, like uh, loyal listener, good friend Chuck McPeak says, you know, a lot of people go like, well, 90%, that's pretty good efficiency rate. But... In air travel, would you would you fly if like one out of every <laughs> ten planes was hitting the deck? No. You know, so right. It's, you know, I don't. I'm not trivialing, but that's actually an interesting watch. All right, now here's speedball through these. Last night in Soho, weird as fuck. Don't recommend it. Drive, another one where it's violence just for the sake of violence. And asterisk on that. Antlers, crazy stupid love. 16 Candles in Adam's Family 2. Now, you might... Adam's you, Family 2? Yeah, what? Liz even held up the loser <laughs> sign as I put that in. And everybody's thinking, well, you went on vacation. What did you want? Vac- you, you went all the way to fucking Rome to watch TV? And it's like, well, no, but when you have uh, nine hours there, 13 hours... When you're 22 hours in the air, you're fucking pretty limited. Actually, 19 hours in the air because I'll get to the last two hours. Yeah. Or twenty one hours in the right. You're pretty limited as what you can do. They don't have. A I gym. mean, I they can, don't have a gym or anything. I can only join the Mile High Club so many times in nineteen hours. So you know. So, um, but the the funny thing is, all right. So really quick, last night in Soho, good looking lead actress, weird as fuck plot line, hard to follow. Don't recommend it. Drive is. Um, I knew I'd forget his name. Uh, fuck, I'll t- um, yeah, look that up, Dave. Funny thing is, I thought that was a newer movie. That's from 2011. Huh. Antlers is a new movie. Again, yeah. gore, just for the sake of gore, but it was actually watchable. Crazy Stupid Love. I cannot believe... And it, it, Crazy yeah. Stupid Love has the same actor as Drive, and I've drawn a blank on his name. Crazy Stupid Love came out in the same... Um. Yeah. The same year, 2011, Ryan Gosling. Crazy Stupid Love and Drive. Why am I 10 years behind on the Ryan Gosling train? Because in Crazy Stupid Love, he's fucking brilliant. One, I, I'm going to go right on record saying probably the best rom-com I've ever seen, and it's 10 years after the fact. Steve Carell, um, Ryan Gosling. It's yeah. it's absolutely fabulous, and Liz actually had to kind of give me as I the listeners can't see that, but I just tapped Dave on the shoulder. Liz had to give me a couple of those slaps because I I mean it's all dark in the plane, and I I've got a bust out loud laughing over some of the parts. <laughs> they got my earbuds in, and it was, it was funny, so I laughed. Right. Um, 
<laughs> Adam's Family too. I just felt, you know, hey, it was a newer movie. Fuck it, I'll watch it. Who's the asshole up in the pod that keeps <laughs> laughing? I'm trying to sleep on this flight. Um, and then 16 Candles. Circle back oh, to God, John I, Cusack. I love that movie. John Cusack is yeah. Anthony Michaels Hall, you know, the, one of the two yeah. doofballs that hang with Anthony right. Michael Hall. Right. Um, oh, sexy girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that long duck dog. Long, <laughs> long duck, duck dong. dong. <laughs> what the hell are you bitching about? I'm the one that's got to sleep under some Chinaman named after a duck dork. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so anyway. Oh, and special shout out to uh, Preston. Preston. I don't know who he is, but he he, <laughs> he remained signed in on Netflix. So when Liz and I would get home, since we don't speak Italian, TV was useless to us. Right. Although they did have the World Poker Channel. <laughs> channel which okay. was english that was the only english speaking channel i could find right on. but you can only watch texas hold'em for so long trying to fall asleep but preston stayed logged in on his netflix so we watched oh. the office and weirdly enough oddly enough ironically enough whatever adjective you want to use or is that an adverb when you and use that in that format yeah right now i, I post I that know. on our uh <laughs> facebook page for an entry in the contest kids um Superstore, yeah, was on. I know it was on Netflix, but here at here at home, it's on Hulu. And Superstore, it's just a stupid watch. It's almost yeah. like an, oh, yeah, the yeah. Office yeah. in a super in a store, it, and you yeah. can tell it's marketing after Walmart with the colors and sure. the type of store they're yeah. in. But that that was actually a fun watch. So yeah, plenty to watch on TV. Woo! So yeah, oh, yeah. So. Fun-filled ventures of watching television. And Project 81, I, I used to fall asleep to. That's a really goofy thing on Netflix. But anyhow. How'd your knee hold up on the trip? Wonderful. Good. Cardio's a bit off. And uh, more on that in a second. But when last we left our audience, we recorded on Thursday. Not a few days ago, but the prior. The 2.15. No, 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 no. 2.17 uh, it would have been. Yeah, 2.17. 2.15 is when we did the interview with Ben. Yeah. So you were heading up to Northern. Yeah, so we went the week after they have their winter festival. Or Northern or Tech? Tech. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, tech. I, I don't know why I get those tech two and Holton. mixed up. Yeah, and um, so you know we went up there to see kind of the aftermath of their winter carnival and the ice sculptures and stuff like that. But I'm telling you right now, uh, they have a couple that a couple of the fraternities did that are that in detail rival or equal to the Frankenmuth Snow Festival, like professional yeah. carvings. Now, whether they bring in professionals or not, I have no idea. Uh, but as far as scale and scope of the carvings that they did, uh, there was one uh, fraternity that's on the other side of the river than Michigan Tech on the Hancock side. That was the most impressive uh, largest ice carving, um, I don't want to call it a sculpture because it involved uh, scale size buildings of the Quincy Mine and the actual, the, um, the, uh, the Michigan Tech Wolf. Um, it was huge. I mean, it took up, I mean, my entire front yard, I don't think has enough room to take up the amount of space required to, to, to do these ice carvings. Oh, okay. It was massive. Uh, so I was totally impressed. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was good. It was good. We, we did some snowshoeing. Um, I got an official, um, UP Houghton snowstorm on that Friday night. So I think we got 15 to 18 inches, uh, which really sucked driving back to the hotel. That was, 
that was the the most anxious I've been driving in a long time. But um, but it was a good trip. Yeah. How far of a drive was it that you had to battle those elements? Uh, twenty three minutes. Okay. Yeah, not too bad. But on the way home too, and I anybody you know you go to the UP and anybody listening that has been to the UP, you know you got to look if you're coming back Sunday. You look at the weather report. Uh, I saw that around noon the the wind was going to kick up to 25 miles an hour plus, and so then I told Shelly I said, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry to do this, but we got to get up at like 5:30 and we got to get on the road like really quick. We I want to get to the bridge before it closes." And we got to the bridge, you know, 10:30, 10:45. We got over, a little breezy, but not bad. And then by the time we got home, the next two and a half hours, um, Shelly got the notification that the bridge was closed. So, so if you'd have slept in, you'd have got stuck we, up we'd there. Have got, we would have gotten stuck. Which or was, delayed up there. Delayed, delayed. Yeah, they reopened it probably three or four hours later. But uh, I was glad I was home early and not delayed and home later that night. So other than that, great trip. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, I, too, coming off a great trip with my better half, Rome. It was, and hence all the watching, you know, you know, it's a, it, we went Detroit to Paris in the pods as we posted on Facebook and that was eight hours and then Paris to Rome, which is another two hours. So that's 10 hours. Right. And then on the way home, we were actually supposed to go to Rome to JFK, JFK to Atlanta, Atlanta to Detroit. But when we were in line, they had overbooked the Rome to JFK flight. Right. And she said, how would you like to... She, they found us in line as we were waiting to check our bag, somebody from United Airlines. She said, how would you like to go right to Atlanta and I can get you on a flight instead of your scheduled 1050 flight from Atlanta to Detroit? How would you like to get on... You know, We'll get you to Atlanta at yeah. 5 or whatever. And you can fly out at seven fifteen. Done. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> done. say, is a is a frog's ass watertight? <laughs> yeah, it's like done. The only drawback to that was they didn't have any of the Delta. Plus, there was no there no first class on the oh, flight gotcha. home. Gotcha. But from Atlanta to Detroit, they I mean we we were in fifty eight J and H. Fifty eight J and H is the second to the last row of the plane, right in front of the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> but right. that's an hour and 20 minute flight. Sure. That's like, yeah, fuck it. We don't care. Yeah. I, you know, that beats getting into Metro at 1230 a.m. I mean, because we were home by 1230 a.m. versus getting into getting Detroit. In, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was a no brainer. The only drawback to that is they had better movies on the that short flight, believe it or not. They had Scream 2022 and I didn't have my fucking earbuds with me. <laughs> So I didn't. But by the way, no, not not on that flight. This this was this was almost a derelict flight. You know, from from Atlanta to Detroit was almost like a riffraff of the flying industry. Like they were putting duct tape on the flaps. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, but I won my first ever Texas Hold'em tournament on the games they were letting me play. You know, so I was pretty proud about that. Nice. So. You won the tournament, or you won? Yeah, I won a, won a table of seven. Oh, nice. I mean, didn't I didn't win any money, but I was sure. the last man standing with like I I think my uh, money board was like twenty eight hundred dollars. So you know, at least I got that to brag about. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so in between, um, 
prior to COVID really hitting the fan, November of 19, Liz and I went to Paris. And that's our favorite vacation of all time. So I was really a little apprehensive about going. Not apprehensive about going, but it was like, you know, like when you do something you like, everything is going to have to be measured against that. Sure, 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 sure. So I was like, man, you know, how's it going to be better in Paris? How's it going to be better in Paris? And oddly enough, the guy who did my surgery, I told him, I said, am I going to be able to make that flight, you know, six weeks after my knee surgery, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you'll be fine, yeah. And then he said, where are you going? I explained, and I said, well, we're going to go back to Paris. And he's like, oh, yeah, I like Paris better. But he said I wouldn't trade my Rome vacation for anything. I mean, and his words were truer words never spoken. He said, agreed, I like Paris better. Yep. But he said it's two totally different trips. Rome, Paris was like almost like a quaint country community where you moved at a snail's pace. Went to some museums and laid back in this, that, and the other thing. Right. Where as Rome, actually, where we where we stayed, yeah, there was almost a New York, Chicago, L.A. feel to it. Really? That I mean, okay. it, it was a, just big city USA, even. Sure. Um, and it was go go go. I mean, we you know, so we got in. Well, is the go 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 because that's the way you schedule? Oh yeah, it, for or? sure. Okay. Yeah, we wanted right. to see something. I mean, right. we're not we're not just gonna we didn't go to Rome to bum Preston's Netflix. <laughs> Often we have our own Netflix at home. So you know, so we get there, we fly out, you know, and then there you know we fly six hours ahead. So we get there, we check into the the hotel, ten thirty a.m. And, you know, we're kind of tired, but it's like, well, we don't want to nap now because then we'll never get our sleep pattern. So, you know, we went out, we walked around, this, that, and the other thing. Started raining. I mean, it was pouring. It was a little bit chilly. And, you know, one of those, you know, just like in any big, big city, they got street hustlers wanting to sell me an umbrella. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll buy an umbrella. And he mentioned five euro. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, you know, fuck five euro. Who cares? But, and then anyway... He hands me this umbrella, he said, I had 50 euro. And I'm like, whoa, I ain't paying no 50 euro for an umbrella. And instantly he brought it down to 10. So obviously he knew I was a tourist. It's like, well, hey, if I can get 50 out of him, right. fuck it, I'll take 50. But I'll give it to him for 10. Yeah. So, so I, I bought him. You know, I'll bait and I, switch him. Right. It was a 10. It's a funny you use that word because that, that pertains to one of our segments coming up. All right. I mean, it was an umbrella well worth 10 euro, which yeah. we left at the hotel because the hotel staff at the... If you ever go to Rome, I recommend... Oh, next week. Yeah. I, I, I highly recommend <laughs> the... Liz will kill me if I get this wrong. Terrace. Not terrorist. Terrace. Pantheon. Relias. Okay. Now, you go into the room. When you go, first see your room, you're going to be disappointed. Like, ah, oh, fuck. I mean, because your room is basically... The size of a closet, a, a bed, a bidet, a toilet, and a shower. I mean, it, it's it's small. It's way smaller uh, the, whoa, than the studio. Is the bidet separate from the toilet? Yes. What? I, I thought it, it was all one deal. No, nah, it, it, to me, it looks more of a hassle than it's worth. <laughs> so I never tried it, but <laughs> I could. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. How do you not try a bidet? Because of the 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 stream didn't. I, it just looked like it was going to be more mess than it was worth. So I just. You know, I didn't use it. You're a chicken shit. Yeah, I know, but you know, I'll like, wash my ass in the shower like an American. <laughs> so, um, oh my god! All right, but yeah, so I, but you, you know, so if that's it, but then again, you, you know, you, you go to Rome, you don't go to Rome to sit in a hotel room. No, I mean it's. Right. I bet you, 
you know, again, if we were on YouTube, the listeners could see the South Studio downstairs recording area is bigger than the North Studio downstairs recording area. And I would say the North Studio is probably nearly twice as big as our, our room was. Oh, wow. But the staff there was unbelievable. In fact, Haji. Yeah. And that being disrespectful or... Sure, sure, sure. That was the guy's name. That was okay, right. H-H-H-A-I. Right. From the Philippines. Yeah. You know, took care of... Treated us like king and queen. That's awesome. And and on the the outgoing, you know, because being the baller I am... You know, give him the, you know, I had a, I had five euro on the table for the other guy. Yeah. And I said, Algie, hey, come here. You know, gave him the handshake. Gave him the little 50 euro on his hand. The, the guy was. Uh, on cloud nine. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then he insisted on bringing my bags. I was like, Haji, I got two bags. <laughs> and they're on wheels. I mean, and there's an elevator. I mean, but yeah, okay, if it makes you feel better, then bring it, go, go on, bring it down. But yeah, so anyway, that first day was laid back. We got rain. The staff speak English? Oh, For yeah. the most part? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Marco, the front desk guy, was amazing, too. I mean, everybody there was spectacular. We thought our Paris hotel had good concierge service, and uh, the, the Pantheon blew them away. So that was Monday, Tuesday. We go... Jesus, I'm going to get my days mixed up here. Uh-oh. Liz will kill me. <clears throat> no, I don't know. Oddly enough, Tuesday's escape. Oh, Tuesday we just walked around. We saw some fountain that Jen and my and Liz know what it is. It, it was nice and everything, <laughs> but I don't know what the fucking name is. Some it. fountain. Trevel Day, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. it was. Napoleon had a bathroom oh, no, or something. Uh, Tuesday we went to the Pantheon. Okay. You know, we looked in there, did the guided tour, the audio guided tour. Sure. Um, Wednesday we did the... Coliseum and Vatican Vatican tour. Thursday we did the uh, gondola ride in Venice. Uh, you, you had to get on a train. Venice, the only I loved it. It was beautiful. Only part we didn't like really about Venice is we were kind of rushed because we had to be back to it's the a train. One-dayer, yeah. It's a one day, and you got to be back to the train station at six twenty six, or you're staying in Venice. <laughs> because I mean, this wasn't a, the guided tour got you on the train to leave. Yeah. But then after that, you were on your own. You're right. So uh, Harry's Bar, I guess, is Harry's Bar. I guess is famous. Ernest Hemingway used to drink there when he was in Venice. Okay. And they even ask you not to take pictures to pr- protect the privacy of their clientele. That was the only place I almost I actually felt a little intimidated by with the the. I mean, it, it was like nineteen yeah. euro for a glass of wine. Oh. And so, you know, Liz, I don't right. even know if Liz drank. Yeah, Liz had one drink and I had a glass of wine because they didn't even have fucking beer there. Oh, oh, oh. Er, the, uh, needle across the record. Er, you had a glass of wine? What? Oh, yeah. Actually, I became quite the I, I drank a lot of wine in Rome and it was actually very pleasant, very good. I liked it. Oh, wow. The, and here, okay, we'll get to the why I did that in a second. <laughs> and then Friday was actually my favorite night. I posted it on uh, uh, yeah. Twitter and Facebook. And Liz and I just walked around the city, I don't know, had no agenda, laid back, and we found Scholar's Lounge, an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. It was voted the oh, best yeah. Irish pub in the world in 2017. Sir, nothing is better than the F word said with a Scottish accent. 
Because the, the bartender, even though, yeah. I, I think he said he was from Scotland. Let's correct me oh, if I'm wrong. Oh, shit, the fucking Americans. Yeah, well, no, he was actually, he was great. He was, and he showed me bad, I don't know if he, they were real or not, but badges that he'd one off people, yada, yada, oh, yada, whatever, right. this, that, and the other thing. And then I he was putting away the glasses, and he put all the glasses in one area, and he put the pint glass, a one pint glass, up by the whiskey, and he came back. And he's pouring my next beer and making Liz's next, uh, uh, not my type, but I'll think of it in a second. But, uh, and I said to him, Hey, I couldn't help but notice what was the significance of putting that pint glass up there in the rest of them down there. And he looked, he said, Ah, oh, that's because I was fucking lazy, eh? I would meant to put it down there, and I'm a fucking lazy asshole. And, and, and it just went on and on. And just so that word with an accent is beautiful. So, and then Saturday we did. I, I, we didn't. I didn't get out of bed till ten twenty-five on Saturday because you know long week. Sure. So anyway, um, but yeah, yeah so sounds that, like it sounds uh, like a great oh, trip. Hell of a trip. Yeah, it was well worth the pod's money. You know, and when we get the coffers back up, you and Shelly will have to <laughs> to go out on on the pod as well. So, um, but yeah, fantastic vacation. Fun was had by all, and I'm gonna take another drink of my Southern Tier. While I do that, I don't think we ever gave the specific. I know. Did you get specific? I did. Okay, yeah, six point yeah. five. Six point five and twenty IBUs. Twenty IBUs. Okay. Gotta get that done. All right. So, I think Dave, since we're at our already our first ever episode one fifteen, we're at our first ever two hour episode. But hey, listeners, bear with us. If you don't like it, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, I think we're, you know, to help the listeners out, I think we'll, unless you got a doozy, cause I don't no, have a random I, I don't question. Have a, I don't have a doozy. So we'll skip the random question, but I do, I do have to get, we do have to cover this before we rate the, uh, Lakeshore, Lakeshore fog from Southern tier. you go first i have a minor and, and a doozy so if you but you know i'm not i sure. don't even know if i have a minor to be honest with you i just that uh yeah i had to stop twice i was talking about that snowstorm so i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a pretty lame fuck you in in the sense that um man it's been a while since i've had to stop in the middle of the road i literally there were two or three times in that 23 minute drive that i could not see the hood of the car I had to stop, hoping to God somebody didn't, or a snowplow or something didn't, uh, you know, ram us from the back. So that was my only. All right. Well, and before I get to my, I have a minor uh, loyal listener, Nick Witzke, posted that, you know, he hopes I brought some beer back for the pod to taste. But it's not a beer, it's not a beer country. It's not a beer country, and customs might have an issue with that. Yeah, well, no, if, you, yes. if you check it in a, you know. Oh, okay. If you check it, you you could put it in your bag. But anyway. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, so that was. All right. But I mean, I had uh, one. I'm not going to go through all my ratings. I might put it on Facebook at one time. But I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least nine different beers. And my highest rating was a 3.48, which was a Kilkenny Irish Red. Which I think 
Excuse me. I think we've actually sampled a Kilkenny. I don't know if it was the same Irish red, but the logo. And Liz sure. even said, I'm sure we bought that. So I think, you know, that was like a 3.48 I had right. in my head. Because I was putting it in my Samsung notes, writing down the names of the beers. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that's and that's why I was drinking the wine. Because there just wasn't a lot of beers offered. The disappointment that I have of the trip was you could drink on the street. They had little stands that sold pop, water, newspapers, and beer, and you could drink down. But I never, it yeah. wasn't good enough to uh, sure, to do so. So anyway, my minor fuck you um, is to Dominic Hasek. Because as everybody knows, Russia invaded the Ukraine. Right, okay. And this show, we don't do politics much, so I'm, I'm not... I don't care what side of that war you're on or who you're supporting or who you're in favor of or this, that, or the other thing. You know, if certain president was in charge, what would, how would he handle it? That's not my point. Alexander Ovechkin said, I have friends in the Ukraine. I hope for peace in the world. And Dominic Hasek came out and said that Alexander Ovechkin gave a chicken shit response and that the NHL should suspend all Russian players. Now, it's like, come on, now, if all Russian players were going finding Ukrainian players and smashing them right in the face with their sticks because of the war, okay, well then suspend those guys. That's not happening, right? In my opinion, that would be like, well, hey, any American who listened to Helter Skelter by the Beatles should be sentenced to the same thing that Charles Manson, the Manson family, were sentenced to, because hey, you know that was Charles Manson. You know he they put that on the walls of some of the murders, and that was his band that he listened to. So if you listen to Helter Skelter by the Beatles, goddammit, you should be penalized too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got you. No, I, I, that's almost a random question, kind of. It's kind of like, it's your, it's your minor fuck you, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 To that point. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can't, you can't blame the, and, and I mean, he might be one of the people if he was, you know, some of those people, some of the, some of the Russians that are playing in the NHL, they might be some of the people that are protesting out in the streets. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you, you you don't know. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, you know, to say that all Russian players should be suspended, to me, is ass nine. Right. I mean. Yeah. All right. But my, my, my big fuck you is, so Liz and I, long day after the Coliseum Vatican tour, and the, the, the guide said, okay, to get a taxi, you got to go, you know, go down the corner, two blocks on the right, the taxi line, blah, 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 blah. Well, we found a guy parked on the side. It was a white car with the taxi on the top, this, that, and the other thing. Does it say taxi? Yes. Or is it, oh, really? Yes. It oh. says taxi. And okay. it even had you know, the, old, the old sticker on the side, rates. I mean, it's all in urals and whatnot. So, sure. So I go to the window. I said, we need to go to the Terrace Pantheon Hotel. You know, it's like a minute from the Pantheon. Oh, yeah, that's 27 euro. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's go. Right. So, and... um. Well, something already I'm thinking, yeah, like, so, if he's just said it's a minute or something from the... No, it, it's a 20-minute cab ride, but he said... Oh, it, okay. It, it was, yeah, the, the walk to the actual stand was, you know, sure. a minute. So, sure. anyway, we go there, and he we get there, and I've got two 20s. I don't know if you're familiar with Euro paper money, but it's nope. colorful, beautiful shit, and it's all different sizes. Okay. Sizes. Sizes really? and denominations. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. The $5 bill is, literally looks like a piece of Monopoly money. 
Okay. And I've got two 20s in my hand because he told me $27. Sure. Big baller Mike is going to ask for five back. I'm going to give him eight euro. Because I'm sure just like in the States, some of that $27 is going to go to him anyway. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw eight euro at him. I'm a baller. Yeah, I'm gonna roll. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, I'm right. gonna give him two twenties. Give me five euro back. We're good. You know, twenty seven for the ride, eight for you. Let's roll. So anyway, we get to the cab ride. Back to the hotel. I hand him the two twenties, and I said, "Just give me five euro back." And as I'm backing out, he does his best fucking Chris Angel, and he's holding up a twenty and a five. He says, "Still need two euro." And then, you know, I'm I'm a little shell shocked here. And, you know, like, and Liz like, oh, did I give? You? And so Liz gives me another uh, five euro or yeah. you know whatever. Yeah, another. Uh, she has happened to have a five on her. She gave me a five, so I give it to him. So now he's got twenty five and five is thirty. He's supposed to give me three back, and the cocksucker gives me a two dollar coin and a fifty cent coin. So he's fucking me on fifty cents on the fucking yeah. change there. In addition to the fucking old bait and, you know, like I said, yeah. the old Chris Angel, like, woo! <laughs> and as, as we shut the door getting out, I told Liz, I said, he just fucked me. She what do you mean? I said, I know that was two t- fucking 20s. And fucking five isn't anywhere close to being as big as a 20. Right, right. And I'm like, motherfucker. And, I, and again... 20 and 20 yeah. is 40. I was going to get five back, so it's going to be a 35, 35 euro cab ride. Right. I gave him another five, so I gave him. I ended up giving him 45. He gave me two, so it was 42. So I'm out 750 euro. Not the end of the world, but the fact is, my fuck you is to that cab driver that, as long as you know that I know that you did the old bait and switch on me. And drop that fucking 20 and put up a 5 in your hand as if I shorted you. I fucking hope you took that extra 750 euro, went and got yourself a spaghetti and meatball and choked your fucking ass to death on a fucking meatball. Because I know you fucking did the old bait and switch because there's no way I mistook a 20 and a fucking 5. Because when if you see the fucking money, the 5 is way smaller than the fucking um, 20. And he fucked me. So my question is, yes, okay. So you at that point, just here in your in your little rant, you were talking to him. So did you take flights, football, and anything else cards to Rome? I, I had a couple, but the, since there was nobody drank beer, I didn't think anybody'd be interested in the English. We had better English speaking in Paris than we did in Rome. Oh, okay. So right. I mean, I, I, I don't know if anybody would have All really right. followed what I was gotcha. saying. So I was hoping you were going to say, now he said, hey, I need another two euro or something. What did he say? Yeah, he, told, yeah, two, he said, yeah, at, at 27, I need two more. Okay, so at that point, I was hoping you were going to describe or paint this picture where you slide back into the car, you're sitting in the middle, and you press your face up to the plexiglass between the driver, and you say, I tell you what, instead of that two euro, how about I break your freaking arm and you give me my change back Including the eight that I was going to give you extra. Right. I, but I, I, I would just, because it, I'll, the only thing, <laughs> part of the, I guess part of the fuck you is to me, because what he did was so fuck, I mean, it was, Quick. it was Chris Angel, like, because, because <laughs> he, he, I mean, he lit, because what I, and what I did the, the other two times we rode 
cab and like Leslie even said, oh, that was good. Because I said to the other cab driver, it's like, all right, here's a 20 and a 10. Yeah. You're letting him loud. letting him know, hey, this is what I'm giving you. Right. I mean, but and, and I gave him two twenties. I said, "Give me five euro back," and I'm backing out. And without Move. he didn't even, it didn't even look like he fucking moved. And he's holding the twenty and a five in his hand. Right. So he like so he dropped the twenty and down in his door and had the you know had the five yeah. queued up and fucked me for an additional seven fifty. <laughs> um, and let me give one brief. The, my only, I know we're long, and this is the longest pod ever. That'll be an answer to a trivia question when we get into episode like 300. What's the longest pod that flight football and anything else done? And the answer will be 115. Um, the only, the only drawback to the trip in Rome is how old is old? Because all right, the Colosseum was incredible. It was amazing. But then when you look up and you see a bunch of fucking scaffolding and shit. Now I realize they. Don't want the fucking thing to crumble and kill people because there's right thousands of maybe hundreds, excuse me, hundreds of thousands of people there each day, and they got to maintain it. But what is maintained and what is re? Yeah, see, Duke even agrees with me. He's pissed off with the fact they re- they re- restore things because like you're going through this museum and you see a, a, a statue of Julius Caesar, and it's like, so you're thinking, wow, this statue was outside and. 200 BC? Wow, holy shit. This is, this is. Right. Well, this is what it would have looked like, but the real statue was in solid gold. This was done by a, a, a Greek sculptor in 1799. Well, okay, 1799 is still old. Right. But not but it's original. But not, it's not 45 BC or 45 no, right, AD. Right, right. Where's the gold one? That's my question. It, it, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> exactly. So it's like you go through this museum as impressive and beautiful as everything is. It's like, all right, well, if it's not real or if it's been, if it's been restored. I mean, Jerry's World in Dallas is fucking way more impressive than the Colosseum in Rome. What? Well, yeah, fuck, the, the Colosseum in Rome didn't have no fucking TV. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, so if you're going to restore it, now, it, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, <laughs> and it's, it, it's one of those, you know. <laughs> right. You know, hey, been there, done that, check it off your bucket list. But it's like, well, how much, don't fucking restore anything. If, if you find it, leave it. Yeah. And if you're going to just redo it, fuck it. Yeah. That, you know, anyway. Well, now I don't want to go, Mike. All right. That, so I guess that was a, a, a third minor fuck you, because that, that just always bothers me. It's like, well, is it real or not? And in one of the churches we went in on the Vatican tour, beautiful church, one of the things had a picture of the Pope. It wasn't a picture. It was a... It was a a bust? Ba- basically a tomb. Oh. And supposedly, that's how this Pope was found after a fire... And it looked like a wax sculpture, but supposedly it was really that Pope, and that's how he was preserved. And I'm like, I, I didn't even take. Why? A, I didn't even take a picture of it because I'm like, I ain't fucking buying that. You know, I mean, I'm probably gonna burn in hell for that. But it's like there ain't no way that's the body you found. I, I'm not. I don't believe it. Right. I, I trust you. I gotta trust you because I wasn't there. And then I, the 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 guide even said, she said, "Well, it's, it, maybe it was just me, but it might have been others." She said, "Well, 
that if if you believe, basically, you know, you almost and and I have my beliefs. I'm not going to get on. I mean, fuck, we're well over two hours at this point, and I'm not going to you know spend a religious <laughs> class on everybody or my beliefs. But it's like, I mean, yeah. okay, I mean, there should be some skeletal look to it. I mean, he looked like a he looked like a wax figure. Yeah. That you would see at uh, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in <laughs> Vegas. That's what the Pope looked like. It's like that's how that body was preserved. Uh, how? Who's believing yeah. this? Right. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Dave. You're first. I've already got my rating written down oh. for Lakeshore Fog. So, bring it home, Daddy. Three point five. Mm. All right. Good, refreshing. Is a good New England IPA. Um, I didn't get anything like you know on the first like you said i didn't get the the whatever you talked about the butt. The, the, the butts the butt the butt notes <laughs> whatever i didn't get that um but it's definitely you know very grapefruity on this on the start but i got three or four of the of the of the drinks in there and um i got halfway through basically and it, yeah it was good all right i went 288 just because of the butt and overwhelming grapefruit flavor. It's drinkable. I don't dislike it. It would have actually probably been the fourth highest beer I rated while I was in Rome. So, no, but yeah, the, the butt and the grapefruit was a bit overwhelming to get me into the three range. All right. What about our fine friends at Untapped? Yeah, our fine friends at Untapped. Well, let's see what they figured out here. Oh, wow. Okay, well, as you would expect with a regional brewery, 57.9 thousand check-ins and uh, 3.76. So they they liked it a bit better than us, and they obviously didn't get the butt notes on it. (laughs) No, they did not. That should be a separate category on tap. Well, Dave, well, naturally, after the longest pod in flights football and anything else history... I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.